even though we're streaming in live, can I give you some constructive criticism, Justin? Sure. Can you actually leave a gap between your countdown and your start? Sure. So I'd be like, like, three, two, one. Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 270, recorded March 5th, 2020. On tonight's episode, gosh darn it, Nintendo, gotta give us some information, because these are getting really drawn out shows, because we ain't got a lot to talk about. Well, actually, I'm completely lying, because we've got five incredible voices on the internet discussing all things Nintendo, including Where's Our Direct, What's Going With Animal Crossing, and What Happened at PAX East. Jesse, cue the music. What's up, everybody? It's Marty here from Nintendo Dads. It's episode 270, and yes, Justin can get through an intro in one take. I'm a little, I, I, I'm a little taken aback over here. I'm a little amazed. I I know, and I didn't swear during my intro either, which is great. Like I feel like we're we're off to a good start already. Yeah, you're. you're it's because you're drinking that giant Slurpee. This is a medium. This is a medium Slurpee in Canada. I don't, care, I don't care what size it is. I want to know what flavor it is. I am never a solid one flavor guy. I'm always, uh, growing up, we used to call it like swamp water, where you mix flavors. I don't know you if it's that. A suicide. Okay. Suicide. So I have in here some some Pepsi. Canada's version of it is way like more PC. Oh, for sure. Not, right? yeah. We're very much that way, right? Uh, so I have in here some Pepsi, and then I have some Mountain Dew Game Fuel. And then topped off with Dr. Pepper that looked grape-ish. So it's like grape Dr. Pepper, but I know that's not what they were aiming for, but someone did something weird with the machine. Nonetheless, I feel good about my life right now and my choices. Justin's over there seeing uh, uh, or smelling colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, also joining us tonight uh, from Kansas City, Jesse Waldack. How you doing? Good. You know why he did that successfully in one take? Because you pressured him into it. I wouldn't say pressured him. I would say he properly took the criticism and internalized it and then delivered. Also, it was in the term of 300 milliseconds, yet he did all that. Pressure is not a fine word for Jesse. I use the word bullied. (laughs) Bullied is about right. That's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of bullies, uh, all the way from uh, ye out England. It's Gary! He's alive! We go for a pint and a fight every weekend. All right. Is it going? Earlier, Gary, like we all connected to Skype, Gary popped up on the screen and I was like, who is that? Like, it's been a while since I've seen you, but like, and this proves the rumor, or disproves the rumor that you and I are the same person. Yeah. It does. Just about, I think. I mean, the way the way your camera's freezing up, it, it could be a video source. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Maybe maybe we pre-recorded this and you guys are all just re- reacting to my voice right now. I, w- I wish I could do a good impression of you, but I can't. <laughs> no, you can't. I would hate to hear what that sounds like. Uh, joining us on the show tonight is our very special guest, Donnie from Nintendo Shack. How's it going, bud? Greetings, Kooplings. What's going on, Nintendo Dads? I'm so excited to see Jesse again and Gary. Gary's here. What's going on, guys? Hello. I was I was really hoping for a Shaq screen there. <sighs> I have been it- podcasting 
for like four straight hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm coming off of a bender, guys. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's add two more. Hold on, guys. Uh, I've had too much podcasting. Uh, but hey, look, that is awesome that you would even consider joining us after that. Um, we're going to get into uh, you and where people can find you because it's been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, and so we'll we'll turn the community spotlight over to you here in a little bit. But like, we're just, we're glad to have you. Oh, I'm always happy to come hang out with you guys. Awesome, awesome dudes. Uh, seeing you again, Marty, Justin, and these are four potential Shack hosts that come hang out with me and my new crew on the new Nintendo Shack, Nintendo Shack 2.0 that unveils next week. And uh, yeah, man, I'm very, very excited. We have all kinds of things in the works. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's who doesn't love talking about Nintendo games? Like, period. Like, this is a, I'm not sure if you guys have Googled or YouTubed it. Very popular thing to do these days. Get on phone calls with friends. Talk about Nintendo games. Lots of folks are doing it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but you know what? None of them doing it as well as our two shows. Let's just be honest. I, I'm I will happily take that company any day of the week. None of them for sure. Uh, so here's what we need to do. We need to jump into the news right now, as as thin as it might be uh, in these dry post-apocalyptic non-Nintendo Direct days. But let's Ooh. do that, shall we? And of course, our news is brought to us each and every week by you fine folks over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where you can jump into one of the greatest communities on the internet for just a dollar a month. Justin, did you realize that? Just a dollar. A dollar? Just a dollar? That seems that seems too low. That seems too low. It, it's not too low. And, and I know that seems like an incredulous deal, but but here's the deal. You can still do that. Like, you can do that, and you can still go buy a swamp water Slurpee. That's hard to say. Swamp water Slurpee. I'm sorry, down here where we live, sometimes we can't get the words out. It just, it's not good. We can't talk right. Uh, But anyway, over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads for a dollar a month. Uh, or on up a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, thirty dollars. You can be a part of building the show, shaping and getting posted and pregame content or pre-show uh, content, uh, polls, all kinds of other stuff over there. You can even be a Patreon producer and jump into the show. I don't know what just happened. <sighs> Justin's dying here. Yeah, yeah I'm, for I'm some a reason, little, just inside. This, I'm a little concerned, or is this something else? I'm a little concerned, Justin. You go, you okay over there? Uh, 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 glasses off, crying. Going, laugh. That's one of those I'll laughs. All right, so uh, we do want to. <laughs> are you going to tell us what's going on here in a minute? Okay, uh, um, so okay, I'm sorry. No, what's what's I'll going on? What's going on? So Sean Capri has jumped over onto our our Twitch channel and is live streaming us inside of his Twitch channel and has added himself the call and is doing play by play as we're doing the show and then <laughs> proceeded to do some kissy faces. Oh, I wondered why you were kissing at the side of your, yeah. your, yeah. your screen there. Uh, I thought maybe like one of your daughters had come into the room. I'm not gonna lie. I apologize. I could distract him as I'm shining. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Oh. Moving on from that, uh, Sean, that's a brilliant idea. Keep keep it up. We we love you. Uh, new patrons uh, to announce this week. We are thankful for you. Uh, let's switch games. Charles Simkowski and Troy Taylor, thanks for joining up and becoming the newest patrons over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Now, let's get on with the news. Uh, as some of you may know, March 3rd is a pretty important day in the life of this podcast uh, because three years ago today, or three years ago that day, is the day that we first all brought home and opened our brand new Nintendo Switches. It has been three years since the birth of the Nintendo Switch on March 3rd, 2017. And what an incredible, incredible ride it's been, right? Um, I, I was looking around the internet, as I am wont to do um, during the week, and I saw someone who I think perfectly summed up how I feel about it. They were talking about, you know, three years, happy birthday, Switch. Uh, and th they followed it with this. Thank you for making it normal to like Nintendo again. And so I thought it would be fun to kind of like go around the horn here uh, and just talk about three years in, guys. Uh, what still like... What, what about the Switch? Are you still loving? What are things that um, you wish we or thought that we would see by now that you wish were here? Uh, and maybe let's just take a minute and talk about where you what you think the future holds. Okay? So, Donnie, you're our guest. Guests always go first on Nintendo Dads. We're going to start with you. Three years into the Switch, what are you still loving about the Nintendo Switch? Did it feel is it is it just me? Does it feel longer than three years to you guys? God, it feels so long ago when I was in that GameStop picking up my Switch for the first time. I've had so many models, I've done so many system transfers and stuff since then. It's just like, wow, yeah, that was only three years ago. It doesn't. It seems longer than that. I was talking um, to my son, uh, unrelated, but still about three years because it was a little bit more than three years ago since I built this machine. And he goes, that doesn't seem like three years. It only seems yeah. like last year. So and like yeah that that happened a few weeks before the switch release and he goes oh no has been that long already um man what a what an open ended question um in terms of what <laughs> I mean like it's just like there's so many ways you there's so many ways you can take it um in terms of what do I love about the switch I mean that switch launch like coming home with with Breath of the Wild and playing that game and talking about it with all of the collective internet that was kind of in all of that game. I mean, hard pressed to say they should do that all the time. It's a high bar to hold them to, but man, if they could do it every time, that'd be a, that'd be a great way to go. Um, I, I'd love it. I'd really, really love it. It was, it was a lot of fun and that'll never, I don't know if that'll ever get old. And, and I think we all eagerly await, you know, the follow up and the sequel and we're all like super excited and we waited for the first one for so long. I can't imagine that, you know, we're all going to be too upset to wait too much longer for, for the sequel. You know, like I'm happy to wait. If they deliver, like they just delivered, take your time, do whatever, do whatever you got to do. Give me another one of those. Um, because you know, like when I had my Wii U and I was getting teased at the game awards and then like they kind of went away and then they kind of came back and then, you know, like I didn't like it at the time, but boy, when I played it, was it all worth it? I would, 10 out of 10 times make those trades and wait that long to get a game like that. 
So, um, yeah, man, t- and today, today's switch, I mean, it's just, it's such a, a cool system and cool is probably the most appropriate term. It, it's not the, the best system in terms of, of graphical output and, and performance or features. Um, it's by far not that, but it doesn't matter because it's so cool because it's basic functionality is still such in such high demand when you compare it against, um, you know, mobile games, and then you compare it on the other end of console games, it fits squarely in that perfect range. You know, that Venn diagram, it is squarely in the middle where it probably kind of appeals to everybody. And that's that Nintendo sweet spot when they can land there and the, the Pokemons can survive and the Breath of the Wilds can survive and, and Animal Crossing is like all of these things are hitting right in the right opportune time. So um, I think all of that is is fantastic and, and paints a, a, at least a, a bright future going ahead. So if you're asking me, you know, where do we think it goes from here? I mean, we're three years in. Uh, most console generations, if you're if you're holding it to a console, most console generations are, you know, six to eight years. But at the same time, this isn't a console, really. It's a tablet. And if you think of it like that, um, if you want to put it up against the iPad or like a Samsung or an Android, I mean, Nintendo Switch could just be Nintendo's platform for many, many years. It could just keep releasing better and more functional and more efficient versions. I love the light. Um, I, I keep saying it on Nintendo Shack every week, how much I love the light. It's basically stopped me from playing on the TV at any point. Like, I don't want to play on the TV. I want to play on the light. It's fantastic. And uh, I know everybody, I know the long rumored, long talked about Switch Pro. Give me a light that can dock. <laughs> Just give me a light that I can yeah. play on the TV and I'll do I'll do that too. So as we get more and more efficient, um, as, they, you know, as the tech, you know, becomes more and more attainable, um, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go in both directions. They can make things more affordable. They can make things more graphically uh, powerful. And I'm I'm here for all of it. So I, I'm I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you bring up the light and how much you love it. I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, uh, I this week got to play uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake demo on PS4. I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it felt so weird to be playing on a TV um, because I don't do it anymore. I, I very rarely do I play on TV unless like my whole family is playing a game or I'm playing a game with one of my kids. Uh, the, the thing about Switch for me three years in is just the realization of how much it has changed how I play video games, Right. Uh, for a lot of people, it's changed how they play video games. It's it's the constant clamoring. You know, we laugh about it now, but it's true. If uh, a game gets announced, where's the Switch version? Where's the Switch version? Because uh, there's a generation of gamers now who Nintendo was very smart to tap into this, knowing that, hey, our customer base, our consumer base is older now. They don't have as much time to sit in front of a TV like they used to, but, hey, they can play it on the go. And so, like you said about the, you know, the the different iterations and them continuing on for years and years, uh, I think that one of the things that I, when I think about the Switch is, how do they do anything different from this, from, from now on? You know, like with this model that they built of this hybrid system, once you go there, you kind of just can't go back to just a home console anymore, right? Unless you just 
make it all in one box. And, but then you have two things to carry. If and- I can, one of the things that I've been doing recently is I've, I've adopted the Apple TV platform and the iPad, and I've been doing the Apple Arcade. And yeah. if we're talking about the future of Nintendo, and I think this is very timely with all the Animal Crossing talk, and I've said this on, on Nintendo Shack, uh, one of the things that I absolutely think are right down Nintendo's alley, if they can pull it off, is if you can have that automatic cloud sync to where your home console can be your portable console at, at the drop of a hat in any moment. Because that's how my Apple Arcade stuff works. I play on my iPad at work. I play, like, say, Oceanhorn or Shantae, which is what I'm playing now. I come home. I grab my controller. I flip the switch. It automatically pairs to the little TV box that's on the thing. And my save is already there. It's like instant save state. I just yeah. click in and I pick up right where I left off. It is the switch. Now it requires two different pieces of technology that are cost a lot more than the switch. But if we're talking about the future of switch, if they keep iterating on these things, I think they totally can. Here's a new switch on the go. Here's a home only version of the switch, but they play together seamlessly. It's perfect. Just like the switch concept that you pick it up from your dock, except now the two separate devices you play here, you pick up and you keep going. That could be a whole other launch. It could be a switch 2.0. It's all backwards compatibility and it has more power and does more things. I'm yeah. The sky's the limit. If they, if they can get there, then uh, yeah, they can do all kind, they can do, they can do anything. All sorts of things will open up to the horizon at that point. Hmm. So Jesse, what about you? Three years in, how are you still feeling about the Switch? Well, I'm still loving the Switch, uh, though. With uh, since I've been playing a game on the DS the last few weeks, I haven't gotten much Switch time in. But starting last night, I, I've been starting to play uh, games on the Switch again, and then I'll talk more about the, those later. But yeah, they, uh, you know, when my my kids were still living in the house, they, you know, my my son would pretty much monopolize the TV behind me, so I could still play play what I want handheld and what and that now the games that I want to play in the big screen I can but I don't have to if I don't need to and it's I pretty much already took down my PS4 and any other system that I had uh, you know on that TV behind me and I think all all of my old systems have gone to kids houses right now so the only thing I have left is the switch Awesome. And um, I don't miss it. Wow. Yeah, I think, and something you said there is really important for me is like, I don't, I don't really play other systems. I have them, but unless it's on Switch, I don't, I don't have the ability or time to play it a lot of times. The last three games I played on my PS4 was Persona 5, Dragon Quest 12, no, Final Fantasy 12, and uh, Spider-Man. And, you know, those were two and three years ago games. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gary, three years uh, in, how you feel? I feel like it's been a very long time, Marty. Um, so three years ago, I actually got hands on the Switch before it released. Um, I went to basically what I could describe as a scene from Batman <laughs> in Birmingham. Uh, this like... It looks it looks like somewhere where Batman would fight somebody under a bridge. Like it, it's a really shady end of uh, Birmingham, and they had a little industrial unit there, which they opened up and had the switch event on. And I think that was in like February, January, February ish, and uh, I was blown away by the system then. Um, you know, it just felt so small for what it was. Like we saw pictures, but it always looked bigger. 
And then uh, playing with the Joy-Cons in the grip for the first time, found them ridiculously comfortable, and I still do, but I've got teeny tiny little baby hands. Um, and then I, I, the Switch actually became my first midnight pickup for anything. Like, I don't do midnight pickups. I'm, per- I'm, I'm a patient person. I can wait normally, but um, I, I did the midnight launch. Um, my brother picked up his, and we both came to my house, and we stayed up till, like, 8 a.m., just playing Zelda. He played on the handheld. I played on the TV. And every two minutes, one of us would be like, whoa, look at this. And then we would look, look at each other's screen like, whoa. And then the other guy would go, look at this. <laughs> and that's because we went different ways off the plateau, right? And I think that became, even though the first year of the Switch was like fantastic year, like the relentless amount of games that they launched month after month, I think that that is the biggest highlight of the Switch so far for me. Uh, like the launch... The launch was brilliant, and there was barely anything there. It's just Zelda made it, right? Um, going on, it's had you know a lot of good games so far, a lot of good games. They seem to be clustered up the last last year. Like, they, they were all together at like towards the end of the year, and the start was pretty quiet. And it's the same this year as well, so I hope it picks up a bit later on. Uh, the downsides to the Switch, um, I sent a lot of Joy-Cons for repair. Like a lot of Joy-Cons to repair. And sometimes uh, they've sent them back and repaired the drift on the stick, even though that wasn't the reason why I sent them. It was a broken rail. So it seems Nintendo have got an obsession with Joy-Con drift as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this brings me to my negatives about it, like I say. Um, I love the system and I love the portability of it. I love that you can dock it into the TV. I think it's a very shoddily made system. I mean, for an example... That is the noise my Switch makes constantly. Oh, wow. um, it's warped. I've got Sounds scratches. Like a drone. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the shape of it's warped. It's bent um, just from being in the dock. Uh, I've got scratches all over the screens. Luckily, I use screen protectors. So, you know, that was a day one purchase, luckily. Um, sometimes it'll randomly crash and turn off and... Uh, my brother's is cracked across the top, just again from heat in the in the dock, and so I just wish it was built better. Like Danny was on about the light, like wishing the light would. Dock. I think I feel like the light feels like it's a bit better built, um, and a lot of people are talking about Switch Pros for the future and stuff like that. And I want that. I want I want a better Switch, of course. Um, but most of all, I want them to nail the build quality more than anything. Like I want, I want one of these systems to last. I want the Joy Cons, but with some decent sticks in. I want the uh, the thing not to not to make noises like that when you're trying to play at night. Wasn't it? Uh, there, there's some organization in France who named it the world's most fragile product this yeah. past year. Uh, yeah, I that's think not really an award like, you want to win. And no. I, and like I get it. I like the grates or the like the the vent port that's over my fan has broke off on my Switch. Yeah, and I didn't do anything to it. It just got brittle over time. Mine has a little bit of a bow to it from like where the battery or whatever where it warped because of heating, and that eventually led it to become brittle and snap off. Did not drop it. Didn't do anything to it. But like you bring up a great point. Like, what are these systems going to feel like in our hands in twenty years? Yeah, it. it- that they'll become rare. I mean, whenever you go to like gaming conventions and they hand you Joy-Con, you're like, "Well, that's ruining this playthrough because it's just not going to work." And the first time I played Mario Odyssey was the same. Like he kept running left, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and that was year one, right? 
And wow. it, it didn't come yeah. out until later that there was Joy-Con drift. It was an issue. I thought it was just reception in the convention, but looking back, how many not... how many Joy-Con have you sent off? By the way, five. Five. Wow. Yeah. They all work now. No, they like I said, the one that I sent for a broken side rail, the SL button doesn't work, and uh, so you can't turn it on single Joy-Con. And uh, they sent it back saying that they'd fix the drift, which was never an issue with it. So <laughs> I fixed I... one myself. They sent one in. Yeah. I have cycled through seven. Wow. Yeah. And Nintendo I, UK Nintendo have... UK famously doesn't fix drift, but they actually did mine for free. I think that was just because of the volume that I sent them. Yeah, I I've sent in three pairs, a total of six. Each all of them was Joy-Con drift. You know, one of one one pair was mine, one pair was my son's, and one pair was my youngest daughter's. And I think they've all been fixed properly. So I, okay, I, yes, uh, I have a for my sons, and he he has been happy with them. Like his entire set of yellows started drifting on on both sticks. So we sent in two lefts and a right, and they've been great so far. It was to the point where he did not have a set of Joy Cons that worked completely. He was sitting having to prop up uh, if he if he was playing uh, anywhere. Besides the TV that's upstairs in the guest bedroom in our house where his switch is, he would have to carry like a pro controller with him to, to even be able to play. It's definitely been an issue. I, I consider myself lucky. We've had long conversations about this in our Discord with our listeners, and I am definitely like one of the lucky ones. We have a lot of folks that have similar stores. You guys send in more than five Joy-Cons in for repair. Um, one of my co-hosts over at PSVG, um, he has no Joy-Cons that don't drift. Like he and he 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 doesn't use it a lot, so he's like, I'm just gonna not use it. He just it's just a dock system he uses with the controller, um, which I understand. But I do consider myself lucky that I've only had to replace like the one, and it was for a rail problem, not the stick. Um, the stick that went out in one, uh, I had to repair myself because it had a D-pad in it. I bought one of those modded Joy-Cons, so I was like, well, I can't send this in. <laughs> they're not yeah. gonna. They're not gonna send it back. They'll just like, send yeah, it back with a sticky note saying no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like a frowny face of like Waluigi. I'm not sure if you guys have tried it. Uh, it's really not that difficult to swap out a stick. It is difficult to swap out buttons, I think. Um, but or like changing the case can be a little tedious. But the stick is actually pretty simple. You kind of just fold it over. You lift the clamp. You pull out the ribbon cord. And you unscrew that bad boy off, you pop a new one in, you clamp it back down, you put it back together. It's it's really not that bad. You can get sticks. Uh, I'm not saying that this is a good thing or not. I'm just you know pointing out the issue. You can get sticks on Amazon. They're like eight bucks, and they come with a kit and everything. And you get like extra of them. So it's you know it took me the one time I did it. Um, I was in and out of that thing in like 20, 20, 20 minutes tops. It, it really wasn't. Yeah. That Tim's so, done yeah. some some repair on his Joy Cons. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust myself with mods and repairs like once i i bricked a gamecube trying to mod it once uh trying to solder sure. in a chip and then i tried frankensteining two broken ds lights together to make one working one and just ended up with a pile of trash pile of stuff <laughs> so so other than that like um the one thing i've really enjoyed about the switch as well is the third party support like playing skyrim and dark souls and stuff um definitely perfect for the handheld experience right especially skyrim some of the um more tedious missions in between the main ones like and and uh the smaller stuff is definitely better to you know turn on the tv watch a program and then 
like partly concentrate on Skyrim while you're at it. Um, I really liked the Labo VR, and that brings me to what I want to see from the future of the Switch. I think that um, an upgrade, I would really like a really good screen on it, a smaller system with a really good screen on, uh, and optimize it a bit better for VR and release an actual VR kit. Because if you had that screen strapped to your head and it was a decent VR screen, then the Joy-Cons are the perfect VR controllers as well. And we never got that with Labo. Like, I know you could buy the kits to strap it to your head, but uh, Breath of the Wild in you VR had to was hold really it. good. Yeah. Like, it really it really hurt the fact that you had to hold it. Like, you can't, you know, strap it and let go and then use the controllers freely. You have to hold it the whole time, which, you know, it even, even like the Switch, you know, it's not like super heavy as, as like a whole console, but actually trying to play a game like that for any period of time, it's not. It's taxing. It's I even great. bought like a headset where you can put slide the switch in to play the VR without actually just some oh, yeah? Labo kit and never opened it. It's still in the box. I still <laughs> I bought the Labo VR. It's still in the box. I've never it worked well with the, like the, the little gun mechanic was super awesome. Yeah, like I, cool, I could I could have used like a whole little Splatoon VR spinoff thing just like that. I was like, oh this is great. Um it was fun. That was like the one thing that I think I really connected with. I know you think you'd done any Link's crossbow training too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Link's crossbow <laughs> training with Labo VR would be a blast. But yeah, not, that would fun. admit that would actually be really cool. Yeah. Justin, what about you, man? Three three years into the Switch, I know that weekly you teeter on the edge of Switch Lite and Switch, OG Switch. Uh, you're not quite there yet. One day you will see the light. Hands down. Uh, what are, what, Gotta get the what, light. what are you thinking three years in? You know, I think it's so interesting. I, I I I love it. Do you know what I mean? Like it is it is a it is with me all the time, pretty much going with the ever. And I so much I so much connect the switch with my travel experience in Ireland, right? The switch, like we got the switch in March, and literally a month later we moved to Ireland, right? And then we traveled all through Europe, and every trip we took that switch with us. I remember playing three hours of Dead Cells on a flight from Dublin to Holland. That was all I did. Do you know what I mean? And it was just perfect. It was an amazing experience. I remember playing Mario Tennis on a ferry ride from Dublin over to England. Do you know what I mean? We were There was a rainstorm in, in Croatia that we couldn't really leave our hotel. It was poor weather. We busted out Mario Party with the family. Do you know what I mean? Like So it was. it's kind of been at these pivotal moments as we've traveled and it's been such – a key component of those things. If I'm, I mean, here's a bit of an example of, I think how it's resonated with my family. You know, I travel a lot for work and, you know, I'm packing my bag as I do my shoulder to go bag and I'll go grab the switch. And my wife is like, you're taking the switch with you. And I'm like, yes, I am taking the switch. And she's like, Hmm. And I'm like, you'd rather that stay home? She's like, well, I, I get it. I understand. And I was like, well, it's, it's travel, right? So I'm going to take it with me. So it's just become such that that thing in our household, right? Um, I very much teeter on the idea of wanting to pick up a Switch Lite. I'm not confident right now on like the idea of like the Joy-Con drift on that, uh, you know, on those controllers because you can't separate them, right? I also found, just to be very honest, I did get my hands on a Switch Lite and I actually found it almost felt uh, too small for me. I, unlike Gary, have actual man hands, um, so they're large enough to hold things. Um, and it just it just felt very confined, a bit broader as well. I felt like I was very hunched in. I didn't like that feeling. Um, I'm all in for whatever the Switch Pro is. 
And I, I had to laugh. My wife said, she's like, yeah, once there's a Switch Pro, I 100% support you getting the Switch Pro. Like, go for it, do it. Like, it totally makes sense. But where it kind of is right now, a Switch Lite doesn't make sense. And I, and I kind of get her point, right? I'm just being selfish, Nintendo geek person. Um, I think from a business perspective, what Nintendo did was a fantastic job sitting back and saying, what was the miss with the Wii U? And then how do we fix that problem? Right. And I think we've already told that story of like you get Zelda Breath of the Wild, you sit down that first time, you put the switch on and you're just blown away. You're like, this is amazing. Right. Like, like and it's a, it was the perfect combination of an amazing system performing amazingly well with the perfect launch game. Do you know what I mean? And that set the tone, I believe, or I feel that set the tone for Nintendo. And this is, and I mean, we're kind of, you know, we talk about the, the lack of a direct right now or lack of communication. This is the first time in like three years of the Switch life, life where I'm like, what are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? Like the roadmap's not clear, but everywhere else it has been. And I think the story that Nintendo is telling, the indie support they have on it, right? Not only is it a banger of a first party machine and they've got out those games that you want minus, you know, a couple that are missing, right? But you've got your mainstream hitters. You've got a Zelda, you've got a Mario, you've got a, you know, like you've got so many of these big games and you've got these amazing indies that are like finding a perfect home for them. And then you've got third parties that are like bringing pretty much some amazing content day and date to the console or trying to get pretty close. And then this amazing back catalog of like, oh, games from 2015, find their way to the switch. Like there's so much there um, that I, I'm just, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed. My wish for it, much like Gary, much like Donnie have said, is just a better hardware. Right. My wife was playing Stardew Valley a couple days ago in handheld mode. And Gary, much like your switch, it sounded like a drone was taking off in our house. And she turned to me. She's like, is that normal? And I'm like, normal compared to what? I was like, it's better than Gary's. Right. It's better than some <laughs> other people's. Uh, but I don't think that should be doing that. And I'm like, and I am worried that it's going to, you know, it smoke's going to come out of the back of it. And then that's it. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's fantastic. I'm excited about it. I've also upgraded like several times. Have you? I have not upgraded. I'm, 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 I'm the OG. I am that, that consumer You're that, that I, like, yeah, like the, when the revised came out with the revised, like the battery life. And I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want that too. Yeah. And then I swapped up for that and I'm going to swap up for the, the, and I swapped up for let's go and I yeah. swap, I'm going to swap up for animal crossing. So I, I kind of do that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was I was going to ask is all of you on your original system versus the new systems? I'm still on like OG launch. I'm on OG launch. I'm Can on I, my second unit because I water damaged my first one and had to send it in with $150 and they gave me a replacement unit. Just is it the revised came, unit or is it still an OG unit? It's, an, it's, the, an, it's an OG model. It's, okay, it's, that that all happened about a year ago. It was before the new the new model came out. It may be because life. I don't have three years on my revised one. Like, I, you know, I can't, but I'd be very interested to hear how these thoughts would have changed if, uh, if you had the revision. I think that might have been a big reason why they released the revision. My revision, uh, for example, doesn't run nearly as hot as really? my old one did. Like, when I, I remember when I was playing Breath of the Wild, when it came out, I was putting in good eight, nine hour days consistently, and I would pick the switch up and it'd be like, oh, this thing is warm. My new one is like, it's not even like, it's very, very different. I never I, hear mine or anything like that. But, I, you know, it's newer. I, I Yeah. And, well, and I, my, mine never sounded like a, a jet engine like the other tubes. But uh, when I was playing Builders 2, since 
it's got a lot of memory and computation going on. That that system still ran hot even in my hand. I didn't even try to wow. play that game on docked. No, I wouldn't want to touch it at that point. And, yeah. But that was that was probably the most intensive processor intensive game I've played. You know, even more so than Breath of the Wild. And again, Jesse, we remind you: just because you can play it in the bathroom doesn't mean you should play it in the bathroom. <laughs> Therefore, right. it wouldn't have fallen in the toilet and got water damage. All right. So just that's a that's a personal le- lesson to everyone. Yeah. So let's let's take this in a different direction. So three years in, all of us have some some things we love about the Switch. Uh, around the horn here, one thing that you thought that we would have by now that we don't that just kind of grinds your gears, like the one thing that you are like, yeah, like <laughs> why is this? Not a thing. I thought we'd have the Zelda HD remasters from Wii U. Um, I thought we'd have those pretty soon, actually. Uh, I know Breath of the Wild was huge, and I'm not saying they should have released it right after it. But I was pretty adamant, like, you know, towards the end of that first year, going into year two, I was like, why not? I mean, like, the UI is already built for tablet. Like, they they just made them there. They're such beautiful games. Like, why not bring them forward? You know, because like right now, Wind Waker HD is is still lost and stuck to Wii. You know, I still have my Wii U hooked up. I still play it. I was playing it the other day, um, so I, I I like it. But at the same time, like that seems like such an easy release mm-hmm. to just put out whenever you want and get a lot of fans buying and playing games again. Speaking speaking of the Wii U, just for one second, minus Zelda Link's Awakening. Did we you know that the Wii U is the only? Yes home console where you can get every single zelda game on it yep minus handheld zelda games it's the ultimate zelda machine which is why i still have mine i I hacked mine mine is still plugged in and i have (laughs) all of it sitting like a room over between the wii u and 3ds you have the entire zelda library available yep yes wrong oh wrong cdi is not game on the wii u that you couldn't play what is it Four Swords Adventures. I said that wasn't handheld. Oh no, that was GameCube. Not handheld. GameCube. Yeah. Son of a. So I, I hacked my Wii U. I'm not suggesting anyone else do it. They don't want to. <laughs> You've got Four Swords Adventures then, right? But my Wii U plays uh, GameCube games natively, oh, and it plays yeah, it on the gamepad, and it plays it on the TV, and it looks fantastic. And it's wow. it was worth every single penny. It's amazing. <laughs> and every time I say it, my co-hosts are like, "That's illegal. You can't say that online." I'm like, "I don't." Really care. It's awesome. <laughs> just, you know, just save you from all that hate mail. You know, that whoops in Discord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we do have a specific line just for when Justin screws up something. Right. Um, okay. So so for me, I think it would be, uh, yeah, oh, I'm going to say something that a lot of people would say, and that's uh, decent online. Like, I don't think Nintendo have learned how to do online at all. We've talked mm-hmm. about it a million and one times. They definitely don't know how to do voice chat. Although the vo- we use voice chat was great when the games are already active, right? Um, same as the 3DS, you know, you could voice chat over the internet on that as well. Um, the Switch, in many ways, is a giant leap forward, but such a such a crawl backwards at times. And I think that the online uh, services uh, aren't really services; like you're just paying for for virtual console, but without really choose picking and choosing what games you want. And uh, I think even though it is cheap, and you should give them that, like it it, it is cheap. I think that I would rather have dedicated servers rather than still using somebody else's system to play Smash on, essentially, because that's what happens, right? We're playing peer-to-peer games. So you're paying for a service that the service really doesn't exist. And um, 
I think that that has actually hindered my enjoyment of games last year, especially, well, the last two years, because um, Smash Brothers didn't run very well on the internet on the Wii U, and that's the only thing I've ever wanted Smash Bros. to do, is run good online, and it still doesn't run... I, I think the Wii U probably ran better online than the uh, Switch version does. Uh, that's probably because all three people that own the Wii U had a decent internet connection, right, Donny? Um <laughs> Yeah, I got 200, and, getting 200 down over here. So I was hosting <laughs> matches left and right. And the uh, same with Mario Maker. Like Mario Maker's multiplayer, when that got announced, I was so, so excited and blown away by this idea of playing levels with four people. Yeah. And it's the most horrific game I think I've ever played online. Like, there's really not much that I've played that's much worse than Mario Maker online. And, uh, uh, I mean... Well, I, I haven't I tried always, recently, yeah. but the launch era Mario Maker 2 was unplayable and i always hear that like it's getting better elsewhere but here in europe hmm, there's, there's still somebody in a little village using a, a a can of empty beans and a string to get their internet so it's still not very good <laughs> wow, just, Jesse. wow where did, for those of you that are audio listeners like literally jesse just pulls out a can of beans like uh, an empty can of beans an empty can of beans like you, you, like you know as if why it was i a have this prop that he was ready for you yeah, know why I have this around? I've used it before. Of City, right? <laughs> For what? Would I literally talk into a can to make this effect? Oh wow! Oh, he's the guy. It's also the head. can. It's also the can that receives my peer-to-peer connection when I play Jesse in Smash. <laughs> Ladies uh, and which gentlemen, is why you want to help Jesse move away from a can. I encourage you. Head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads. I like my for a little as a dollar a month. You can get him a soup can, not just a bean can. Thank you. I actually, Sarah McLaughlin music. I actually use this. I will remember you. I actually used this for some reason in a work call last week too, or made a reference that I have a can to talk like this if I wanted to. Also, Donnie, I appreciate that you, you, you mentioned the Q Sarah McLaughlin music. Cause we used to always say that during our first couple episodes is Q Sarah McLaughlin. That was a well, 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 well pointed reference. Uh, Jesse, what about you here? Uh, something you wish we had three years in. Yeah. Mecha Dragon said my, one of the, one of the answers I was going to say folders or, you know, some mechanism of sorting your games and, uh, themes. I, I'm okay. You know, I know a lot of people want themes. I personally don't care. You know, I don't turn on my Switch to look at the home screen. I want it to play the games. Is that a, you agree or is that a, I want no, a theme? No, I do. I bought like 30, 40 3DS themes. I love themes. I want all of the Nintendo fanness. <laughs> I want customized icons and customized folders. I, I, did, all of I did get a Zelda theme on my 3DS only because it was free. I did not and pay it, for it. Here's the crazy so thing, Donnie. And I have themes hot- that match my faceplates. So when I change my faceplates, <laughs> I change my theme to match it. Dang, um, Donnie, I think you and I might be spirit animals. I love you. Um, I, and here's the thing that blows my mind about it. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to lean in this pocket right now because I agree with Donnie on this one. For a system that is so much about being different, about displaying different – I want to mix and match my Joy-Con colors. Like it's – it's all about that like personal ownership to not be able to have an adjustable theme or uh, wallpaper, whatever you want to call it. Just seems like this weird counterintuitiveness to everything else they have done for that console, and then counterintuitive completely to how they ran the 3DS line, right? Because because again, to Donnie's point, remember you had the customizable faceplates, yeah, yeah, exactly, customizable faceplates, and then you actually had the uh, 
Oh, that's great. Those are the min- I so wanted a, a 3DS Mini with the customizable fa- face plates, but I had just bought the new 3DS XL when they came out with those, and I was like, that's a hard... You have a Tupperware bin, don't you, Donnie? Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. my gosh. Has, you know what? This shows I, four 3DS face Justin, plates you know what's even sealed. more insane about this? As you're talking about this, I'm reminded oh, that there are themes on the 3DS for Switch games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. The Breath of the Wild one is <laughs> Mario. But Odyssey. there's no themes on the Switch. Yep. But me, me and Jesse are in the boring corner, right? We're like, I remember the good old days when there was no UI. Put the game in and it starts up straight oh, away. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect way to to spread some cheer and some fandom. Yeah. When you open up the thing and the your favorite characters are on screen, it's like a perfect way to greet you. It's it's so I don't know, it's just warming. I I, I can't see how any like I totally understand people like, I don't care, I just want to get to the game faster. That's fine. Like you don't have to use it. But I I, I like not having it doesn't make much sense to me. Like uh, I, I have I'm I'm the same way on every other system. Like I have a bunch of PS4 themes too. Like I, I just love it. I really do. And, and yeah, it, again, it's such a it is such a counter to the rest of their design and inclusiveness yep. and colors like it, themes. like it's like is it you know is i i very much wonder has the idea not been raised like is, or is like somebody like you know i know how i'm going to get a promotion i've got this folder of themes and that's how we're going to put this forward Do you know what i mean like who's who's going to stand up there and pitch this my biggest and, fear for the folders is like Wii U and like 3DS that they they eventually because they'll eventually launch them and you'll be able to name them whatever you want but then they'll only put the first character Correct. on the folder yeah. and they're, you'll just have these folders that just say E or 3 yeah. or, or in and it's just gonna like that's, I, uh, that's they're afraid of Miyamoto tipping over every tea table in sight yeah <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's why you need the badge arcade stickers to stick on the folders right that's that right yeah and then you have that like there's so many things there that i don't understand i saw someone uh on twitter i think this week they did like a, a you know they always do like ui here's what here's what the ui could look like and the game pictures were like the full box cover arts and mm. so when you so that was your scrolling through yeah, and then like it's so good yeah it looks so nice right and i'm like and yeah, then they we, had an actual we, i think breath of the wild was the background they do that with the nes and snes online games they yeah, show like the box arts. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, but you know what though, our, 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 our box art in the EU is awful <laughs> for uh, Breath of the Wild. I don't want. I don't want that on my Switch. Get it no, off. You should. I, mean, I was so glad I had the North American version before. So, Justin, what is yours? What is your one thing you thought we would have? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's kind of already been said. I do think the yeah. UI, the UI update, and I, I have to agree the online. Like, come on, really. Like I mean, we know, did play Tech Mobile together. We did, and that was great, Donnie. And and you know, across the pond, across like the just... pond, right? And there was only <laughs> slight lag on that. Slight lag. We had a little glitching, but we we totally played we did it, right? I mean, um, we we played. Uh, I played Doctor Mario with Jody, yeah. Which really was not really like playing Doctor Mario with Jody. That's a that's a very loose term for what happened. Yeah, you, I mean, you guys, you got handed. It was a massacre. <laughs> but I mean, the fact is, I had to go like find the low latency mode to change that, so the leg was like, the, like, come on, really, really, all of that's garbage. Um, that needs to be resolved. And then I think, you know, I mean, and then it kind of brings us. I mean, if if there's a segue point, maybe to our next component, it's this: you boil it down that like Animal Crossing, I can't move from console to console. What is wrong with you? Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, 
it's those it, like Nintendo can do a lot of like two steps forward and you're like, well done. That's exactly what we want. And then you're like, sorry, what did you just do? And then you're like, and you're back to start. Like, why did you do that? I don't understand, son. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, y'all, y'all said mine. I mean, it's, it's the UI. I mean, I thought by now we, we would, uh, at this point in both the life cycle of the Wii U and the 3DS, we had a completely different user experience on those consoles from when they launched. And it's just, it's maddening. Now, I know Tim thinks that part of this Animal Crossing thing is tied into a, a new user interface or a new way to save or a new way to transfer games. I, I don't buy that. I think they're just going to let it ride at this point, honestly. Uh, so, but, you know, when you get like, uh, when you get a lot of games and I've got a lot of games, uh, you know, when you get a lot of games, it's really hard to sort through those using that all option and, you know, folders would be my number one. Yeah. Like, last do you time still I tried have your, find, last time I tried finding Jackbox party pack three, I, I skipped over it three or four times. Yeah. Even with sorted by alphabetical, just because the icon looks so weird compared to the other Jackboxes. And so just, I want to make a Jackbox folder. That way I know where it yep. is. Me yeah, too. I, I assume, Marty, you still have your petition at change.org for adding folders to the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, it's only at like five signatures. It's just Come us. on, guys. Go over to change.org, <laughs> search Marty Estes, search Nintendo Switch folders. You can make a real difference, folks. A real difference for the world. Oh, yeah, many different copies of the I same. I will remember you. <laughs> So uh, looking forward to the next uh, little bit here for Nintendo Switch uh, as we celebrate birthday number three. What is one hope that you have? Now, I'm just, not just talking about it in the next year. Like what is what is a hope that you have for this system? Because we, I don't know that I would even say we're mid life cycle right now because of how gangbusters it's doing. Uh, and the and the you know the different iterations like the light and possibly the pro later on. So, what what do you what is your biggest hope going forward from a system or like just like a game? Just anything. Either for switch. Oh man, you guys, you guys are just setting me up to say my standard answer. I mean, I I really really want Mario Golf to hit Switch this year, and I'd be like, it's it's kind of all I really. Like at this point, I've gotten a lot out of Switch in terms of the library, and, and we're getting to the point where we start getting sequels and re-releases and things like that, and I'm all for that, but I loved every ounce and every bit of Mario Golf World Tour on 3DS. I played it a bunch, and we had a lot of tournaments going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to do like little weekly like lunch tournaments, and oh, I could just I could use so much of that right now, and I think World Tour... And, for example, I think it's the best Mario Golf I've ever played, and I just think Camelot did a great job. They knocked it out of the park. And I can only imagine what that looks like in HD, like on a big screen again. You know, it'll remind me of like, I thought Mario Golf on GameCube looked great at the time. I was like, oh man, this game's so beautiful. Uh, it could be beautiful again, like if, if it looked like uh, Mario Tennis does, for example. I don't think Mario Tennis was half the game that Mario Golf World Tour was. Um, but it visually, if you could bring that to Mario Golf and give me some really beautiful courses and some online play like Mario Golf World Tour. Mario Golf World Tour is one of my favorite games because... The asynchronous gameplay. We could all play online at our own time whenever we wanted. You could just log in and get your round in. You know, it's like we all had different tea times. It made it extremely convenient. And like, how well does that fit 
your convenience, your portability factor that makes you love yeah. the Switch so much. It just goes hand in hand with it. And I'm just like, I don't want a sports mix. I don't want three holes of golf and horse racing. I don't want, uh, <laughs> you know, another tennis game or something like that. Just give me a full-blown Mario golf game. And, uh, I mean, I think that can, like, write – at that point, they can write – anything that the system gets after that is just cherry on top for me. Like, I will have been fulfilled. I've got this amazing Breath of the Wild game, got some awesome Mario stuff, Kart and Smash, and here is my Mario Golf game. Great. Okay. Somebody else. So my thoughts are – so, you know, the Switch is kind of somewhere between the PS3 and PS4. Probably yeah. a little bit, little bit more powerful than a three. Definitely not as powerful as a four. Um, but you know, now that PS Five is coming out soon and Xbox Series X, you know, we're more than a generation or a generation and a half separate. So, you know, I'm, Nintendo, I'm sure, is looking into, you know, seeing what the next generation of Switch is going to be. Whether that Switch Pro that we've been hearing rumors of last year or just compl- something completely different. Yeah, I don't know if it'll go full 4K quite yet, but I, I'm thinking that whatever the next more powerful system is, I'm hoping it to be still backwards compatible, keeping that backwards compatibility, just because Microsoft and Sony is doing the same thing with with their next gen. So that, that way, Nintendo doesn't have to start over with their fan base again. They just Anything that played on the Switch can be played on Switch 2, and then new games will come out that are Switch 2 only, and I'll... I, I'll 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 be in favor of that. I've brought this up a couple times um, because I do play a lot of games and love my X Cloud. And I, as a Stadia founder, played Stadia. Uh, does anybody think that Nintendo could go the streaming route? I don't think we're anywhere close to you know like teraflops <laughs> of portability and power in 4K in a tablet. Like the 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 tech just is not even close to that. But streaming could get you there. And if Nintendo could get xCloud or get their own version of that and get some games over, you could have the best of both worlds. You could have, you know, these games that Switch can't run natively, but you can play. And you could also have your games on the go if you're disconnected, you play Breath of the Wild. So this is actually going to be my answer, right? It's, uh, I know I've just moaned that the uh, the online is bad, and it is, rightly so. But what if all that money was going to their own dedicated servers for streaming? And this would mean then that we're, apart from the screen only being... Or if they just license them. But yeah, (laughs) but we basically, this would stop us from falling behind in generations. Like you've still got the portability factor for all the indies and stuff, but when you're using it as a home console, it would really be a home console then. You'd have the quality and and everything. I've been playing quite a lot of of xCloud because uh, I cancelled my uh, Xbox subscription, um, but the xCloud is still active on my phone, so I'm still playing Xbox games. <laughs> and uh, it's great. It works well. Like it, it did work well to start with in England, but it's getting better over here. Um, and uh, seeing a game like Forza on this little tiny phone screen, well, I'm going to say little tiny, I've got quite a large phone, but um, it's great. It's brilliant. It works really, really well. well um, it, it, tiny compared graphics, to that. <laughs> it's, it is tiny compared to that. But the... Um, I'm going to leave the people who are listening to audio to, to guess what he showed. But uh, <laughs> it, it, to see it on such a small screen makes the graphics even better. And um, It, it, it was another Switch, tin can. I'm kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I think the uh, Switch could could run streaming really well, um, and it could be really good for the system. But I, I don't see it happening. That's the, that's the issue. But, uh, yeah, streaming is something I'd like to see. 
Well, didn't we have we had that report back when PlayStation signed up to to work with Microsoft on their Azure platform? We had that report that came out at the time that Nintendo was doing it too. We just mm-hmm. didn't get like a public display of it. But I believe like the it was like GameSpot or something came out like like don't like Nintendo's a part of this whole partnership as well. They're looking into it. So it's, it seems to be they're keeping tabs on it. We know they're streaming games in other markets. Yeah, like they are streaming Japan. Like they did stream uh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Resident yeah. Evil. Well, they also streamed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Well, yep. I'd say that wasn't Nintendo. That was Ubisoft and Capcom doing it themselves. Sure. On, but yeah, but on, on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what, the rub. Th- just like Nintendo didn't license, right? Like they didn't build their custom uh, hardware for Switch, right? They they kind of licensed somebody else's proprietary information. Um, you know, they went to Nvidia and they they saw the the Shield and they're like, we could do that as Nintendo. You give us the Shield and we'll label it Nintendo and we'll basically kind of put our own spin on it. And I've been kind of saying this for a little bit, and I just think a lot of folks are not ready to adopt streaming, and I get that. I understand why, but it's like Nintendo doesn't have to do it themselves. Right, yeah. they could just pay somebody and then put a UI on it and a Nintendo logo and be like, "This is Nintendo streaming. It's running off XCloud." You know, yeah. but like, like we're paying them for this service that they're doing because you can pay Microsoft without partnering with Xbox. That's a thing you can do. Um, I just, I think it's. I've been saying, I've been saying this whole time as somebody who's I've, I've beta tested XCloud. I've been playing that. I've played Stadia. I bought all the stuff. The first person that gets that to switch, whoever. And you've got to think that they're asking you like, I mean, Phil Spencer is all but confirmed. Like we would love to put X cloud on switch. You've got to think that whoever somebody's negotiating and it's just about making Nintendo happy. Like whoever gets there in a way that makes the Nintendo money. Once they unlock that extra game library, then, you know, it's like everybody keeps looking for the switch pro that's going to out K or output 4k. It's not going to happen. Like you just can't like not in, you know, two centimeters of plastic. You cannot perform those sort of, uh, functions, but with streaming, you can get real—not real close to 4K, but on a like on a Switch Lite, you get a really nice picture streaming over 30 megabits. You know, it doesn't take that much either. Like we're real close, we're we're a lot closer to this than I think a lot of casual gamers realize. It's like it is. We are at the doorstep, yeah, and yeah, I so. think for, I think in that idea, Donnie, then it begins to open up the you know like we're all we're you know great example, guys. Man, I'd love for Cyberpunk to be on the Switch. Yep. So, well, so well in the current state of what we know the switch to be, right? I.e., I need a cartridge, right? Or I need for it to be on machine. That ain't going to happen. But if it's running some type of cloud-based service, right? And very much to your point, like via a Stadia methodology or infrastructure or XCloud. Well, now that library opens up. Now that's a very interesting proposal, right? And because it's not about the horsepower in the machine. Right, which we know doesn't have a whole lot, but it's rather the connection, right? Yeah. And that's and that's where I think, you know, if you look at Microsoft and Sony getting this arms race, and to your point, Jesse, right, we're moving forward with whatever Xbox X or whatever it is now called, or Series S, Series X, and then yeah, uh, and then and then Sony's got the PS5. We know that there, that generational gap is now becoming wider, right? And developers are going to be developing for that platform and not really the Switch. We see some developers right now who can kind of dabble in both of them, and that works really well. But when that moves forward to the next level, next generation, that gap becomes wider, and the Switch becomes lost back here, right? And that fan base is lost. But if instead of like, hey, here's our 
Switch Pro Deluxe, blah, blah, blah. It's now this streaming platform. You're now caught up with, with the other guys. Do you know what I mean? So it's Call of Duty and Madden. That's all. Yeah, you're really in that say. same conversation, and I think that's yeah. a brilliant spot for them to be. I, I and don't that, see that's this. great. And maybe that's what the Switch Pro is, right? That's that's really because your point, Donnie. It's not 4K. It can't be. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that doesn't. That I doesn't think they could maybe get the resolution like out of a dock, maybe um, because just the picture doesn't require. But like if you're like in 4K, like that takes serious hard power. Like the Xbox One X is a very condensed box to do that. And it still does that with a lot of fans. Like, yeah. you're not getting that out of the Switch. It's just not happening. It's, you're also going to need a lot of storage to, for the 4K textures. That's Correct. why games yep. are 150 gigs now. Yep. That's why it has to not be on device, but rather yep. on a, at a cloud server. So I think the next logical step from that, probably, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 15 years down the road. 5G should be more abundant nationwide worldwide have a nintendo device that actually has a 5g chip in it you can literally now play anywhere yeah 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 and you know i would be comfortable paying 20 bucks a month for that and calling it an online service yep i would totally be fine with that uh any other hopes for this for this year of nintendo switch metroid prime trilogy Oh no! <laughs> I want Metroid Prime. Oh, no, you have to mention that Mother Three. Uprez, <laughs> and I want Metroid Prime Four to be good. Yeah. So, I'm thinking uh, Pikmin Four and a new 2D Metroid. Yeah. Can we just Here's talk my for hope. a second about how funny Reggie has been since he's left Nintendo? Oh, well, oh yeah. <laughs> because that comment about him being, what, 6'3 at one point, but now he's 6'2 because of the weight of all the mother questions. Brilliant. <laughs> like, well done, you. Yeah. He he has a great way of continuing to stay inside that sphere. I love it. He's brilliant. Uh, my hope for the year is, is this, and it's a little bit different from all of yours. Um, I just hope that we're able to look back a year from now uh, as fondly at 2020 as we were the first three years, mm-hmm. because it seems like 2020 is on shaky ground for lots of reasons. I mean, let's be honest, the lots of reasons, including the fact that it seems like there's nothing past Animal Crossing that has been talked about of note. And usually by this time, we at least have something. I think by this time last year, we at least knew uh, like Super Mario Maker 2 was coming out in June yeah. or something like that. You know, we had we had some well, we know ideas. we know we got Xenoblade Chronicles, like Definitive Edition, like Zombie Army trilogies Who coming cares? out. Like, ga- I care. They're I'm sorry. The default too. I'm your your sorry. tone is so alarming. Like, <laughs> just show some patience. Okay, a little patience. It's, okay, Donnie, for for people who don't play 110 hour plus RPGs and have time to do that. What's for me for the rest of the year? It's coming. Animal what Crossing, man. You just start it. Animal That's Crossing. You need to play some Animal Crossing. Yeah. I'm going to play some Animal Crossing. Indies. I'm going to, apparently, I'm going to play a ton of Animal Crossing. It's coming. But, Look, but, you, Persona I, 5 I, Strikers, baby. That demo, Jesse, I don't understand okay. why we didn't start the show with just you and I talking about how freaking great that game is going to be. It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited about that. I want to be able to understand it in my own language. I I was trying to show Dragon Quest XI and Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sona 5 Strikers. That game is going to be... Get that garbage out of here. Uh, Here's the deal. I'm joking. 
I but, hear what you're saying. But I, you what know. I'm saying is this: for three years, Donnie. Yeah. For three years, uh, we have got roadmap. We've got the roadmap, and now we don't. And every, a lot of people, uh, including myself, are. It scares us because it's like, what the crap? Like you've been charging forward for like the last three years. Like you've been, so, you know, here's the battle cry. Here's what's going on. Here's my thing. Like part of me attributes it to change in leadership. Ooh. So, okay. So you're very alarmist now and I'm not going to stop you from going down this path, but here's the thing that I do want to say, because I, I thought this when you first started talking about, you know, like the dearth of directness and, and all of that. Here's the thing. 180 days. We've had a really great three years. Yeah, we have. The expectation, the bar, the standard cannot be that Nintendo's going to drop 10 first party banger games every year. Like they don't have the output. So at some point, we knew coming from the Wii U, like if you take a look at this outside of just this calendar year, think about it. Think of the calendar. At the end of the Wii U, basically the last 18 months of the Wii U was no man's land. Like they pushed everything to Switch. And then for the first Switch's two years, we were like, oh my God, the game this month, game that month. You said it when we started the show. The onslaught of games that came out in the library. You had to know that a course correction, a reset was coming. And I think that's this year. And I think what we will have is we'll have some ports. And I know a lot of folks aren't going to be happy about that. And we'll have a couple of new titles, uh, the Pikmin or the 2D Metroid or the Mario Golf. They'll start coming in here with some Animal Crossing and we'll get one big announcement game as they start kind of, like I said, we got the Zelda, we got the Mario, we have the cart, we have the Smash. We're getting to the point now where we're going to start getting, they have to start doing sequels, right? They don't have enough IPs that stand on their own. You know, like you can't carry an entire system with with Pikmin and and Kirby Clash. Like you got to. We got to start getting some sequels. They take time. I'm just just a little patience. Like you can't drop a direct with a whole year's worth of games two weeks before Animal Crossing comes out. Like that's a huge game that they're trying to give some run. Right. One one thing I will chime in on this and say is right now I'm in the middle of a uni assignment. Right. I'm in uni assignments now leading up until the end of May. And I think that this ties into uh, Nintendo's release schedules. Because if you look at back at the last two years, the start of the years have been really dull. We've had like a Kirby the second year. Yoshi. A Yoshi the, last year. Other than that, it was a couple of ports here and there and a few things. All right, same this year. We had the that game that Jesse likes, the Tokyo Mirage Session thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I do know what it's really called. I'm just, um, But this ties in because we're seeing it from our point of view as hardcore Nintendo fans, just gamers and stuff. I haven't got time to play anything at the minute. Like you'll see that when we come to what we've been talking about, what we've been playing. And uh, I think that sales probably are weaker right now if they release games. And so, uh, holding back that information, say if Animal Crossing comes out, and then they say, right, so here's a direct, and then this game's coming out next month. This game's your hype games is going to be like, whoa, 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 I need to buy this. You know, rather than like letting it mature and and yeah, and, I I I would kind of agree with a little bit of like what Donnie was saying as well. I think the the part of it that I that I would connect with is that through this entire cycle with the Switch, Nintendo has done a great job of road mapping us. They have done a really banger of a job, right? And I think that this is just this oddity of like, hey, this is kind of weird. We don't really know, right? We've got, and so I think it's I think it's uncharacteristic for how they have, right? You. 
you, you know, you can be expected to be ha- you can expect how you're going to be treated by the actions that have been that, that that you've been treated that way, right? So they have done a great job communicating over the last several years, and then there's this weird silence, right? And I'm not banging the door saying Nintendo owes us something, but it's just a bit odd, right? Well, and it's Consid- not. I feel the need to be like that guy. I'm going to be like, actually, I mean, it's not silence. That's not the wrong, right, the right word. We just Correct. had an Animal Crossing Direct. Now, if Correct. that doesn't speak to you, you can be like, well, I don't count that. But it does count. It's not like they've I, I been radio silent since you know, I don't disagree with you, but I think what, I, what I'm saying, roadmapping, and you're right, because they've done the, hey, here's the yeah. Nindies, right? The, here's Nindies, the Pokemon, exactly. here's the Smash. Some stuff. But, and, those are, and so those are very uh, centric around one series, right? Yeah. But what we're looking for is the larger picture. I know. Right? And that's probably the part of it that I think is just interesting that we're missing it. I tend to also agree with you that, you know, the first part of the year is always quieter. Right, Nintendo first quarter is typically quiet. They begin to kind of warm up a little bit into April, into May. We go into E3 with a bit of banger, and then the rest of the year is just usually a little bit nuttier. They still right? hold on to the to the Q4, like they're like one of the last folks. And I think it's because they don't have as much third party. Yeah, you know, like everybody else has so much third party that they kind of relinquish yeah. the fourth quarter. Nintendo is very stunned. Like we're gonna have two three sometimes four games yeah. between september and 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 christmas like yeah. so yeah oh yeah like plan, that, 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 that's where that's where they put their chips right and then interestingly enough i do and i'm a full believer yeah. that Smash like with the whole animal crossing thing. as we talked about at the beginning it was a make way make way make way see you know what i mean and they have done that right and i think i and i i was a full believer that oh sure we're gonna get a direct in january or february and now i'm like we're not getting one until april and it doesn't make sense because now nintendo has so like they have laser focused on Animal Crossing, that that is their messaging every beat that they can. And, and, and here's they make sure pro- that's clear. We, we've talked about this on the show in the past episodes. I think that one of the problems I have with that, if it was make way, make way for Animal Crossing, then in, just in my estimation, I feel like they've done a pretty poor job of that because they oversaturated us with Pokemon like up to the point where it's like, oh, great, another Pokemon update. Like, you know, six months out and we had like how many of those little 5, 10, 15 minute, you know, things past the first direct. We've had Animal Crossing reveal, Animal Crossing delay, Animal Crossing direct, and that's it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to tell you everything online now. I, and so... Like, I'm not saying, oh, God, Nintendo's burning to the ground or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that you you said it best. You said, what is why would they have a direct right now when it's two weeks out to Animal Crossing? Well, the point is they had eight weeks to do it. They had eight weeks that they could have done it. They had yeah. eight weeks when the, there could have been, hey, guys, here's what's coming down the road. Right? Sure. Like, and, and that's that's the thing is like, the the word roadmap is a great is a great word for it. Like it that we have seen, we're going to go here, and then you're going to come over here, and then you're going to, and so like just to not see that is, I'm not I'm not saying the sky is falling. I'm not chicken little. Yeah, and uh, I'm not taking it this, to extremes. But, I just I think we can float. Like, I think everybody can do well to like we can float without. A 12-month roadmap for at least a when, month or two. And like, got, if you compare this to other consoles, like if you compare it to their competitors, they're doing way better than PlayStation and Xbox. We've been waiting for the same PlayStation games for like two years now. Sure, like we're just now starting sure. to get them, you know? I, I, I get that. But like 
I said this before the show on the, it may be on the pre-show audio. I don't know, but when you're a company who has prided itself on digitally distributing information and it only is supposed to come from this source and then it doesn't come from that source, uh, it starts to, starts to look a little weird, right? It starts to look like people are asking questions, I guess, like, Mm. Hey, Nintendo, what are you doing? You know, what, what, as Justin would say, what's the crack, right? Right. What, what's do, going on here? I do think that there is there is this alarmist. Uh, not necessarily. I'm not saying again, Marty, you're being the alarmist, but I do think that there. You know, every morning I get up and I read Twitter, and like Nintendo puts out, a, they always put a tweet or whatever it is, right? About hey, you know, hey, spirits coming to Smash, and there's always this guy who right afterwards has this picture and it says like, when's the next direct? And I was like. You're so like a way to be consistent. Good for you. Right. <laughs> but there's this like fever pitch that like, okay. And, and and to your point, I think, you know, Donnie, I agree with you. They don't need, they don't need to do it. They're doing better than everybody else. Uh, but I think the challenge is, is that there's almost like we've, we, Nintendo we've been, has trained, we, Nintendo has trained the dog. We've been right? conditioned to ring the bell it. and salivate. And maybe they're trying to, to, to bend it a little. Yeah. And, and I would be interested. I know you brought the question up earlier. Is it different leadership, right? Yeah. Is is this Doug Bowser's? Maybe he's like, I don't like the directs. We're not going to do them. We're going to we're going to ease ease off on them, right? Oh, oh, you know, we all know Nintendo American got that kind of stroke, man. Right? No, it doesn't. But like, <laughs> don't be blaming that on Bowser. He wished right? he could say something like that. Sure. He's like, can I get your coffee, sir? Please. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, as well, the landscape has changed this year compared yeah. to all the other years here in England, especially because all the events have moved. They've all shifted along, like. Uh, EGX is the biggest one here. That's now moved to the end of the year to in October. So it's well after E3. When I went last year, most of the games were already out. But also Insomnia, the one that starts the year, was normally in like early February. That's now in April. And I wonder if this has got something to do with why they're not hosting the directs because normally by now, like all the outlets have had hands on for these games and they're all talking about them and stuff like that. And I think that I prefer this landscape. I prefer the direct now games next month. I prefer that. I, I much do. I, I hate the uh, long drawn out, like seeing the same YouTube, the YouTubers what? all talking the same prediction that like Breath of the Wild well, can like, have female link and, and I, then it never happens. And I guess maybe that's the thing, right? Is and you're right in that, Gary. Nintendo does a very great job of. I'm only showing you the next three months. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, like we're only showing you these cards. I'm not showing you 2022. They and when give they you have like done, one thing yes. that you can in the future, there's just yeah, one like, okay, thing. But, but but everything else is localized in that three. Yep. And then and then when they have done like the long game and they've screwed it up. I'm looking at you, Metroid Four. Right where they've done that miss, or I'm looking at you, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, right, wow. they're like, oh, we don't like to do that. So they like to keep it local. So I think when you're not when you when you're so focused on those locals, because we know that we know that the blow it's coming out in E3 in June, right? We know it's coming. So you're like, so you've really got a small window. So if you're thinking like if you drew one now, right? So it's a very interesting dichotomy of how that's all working. And this all could be very honestly. It could I think it. Sometimes I think we always jump to conclusions. This very well could just be simply explained by they're waiting on one game to have a good date. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they're like maybe they have a game that they want in May, but they're not sure yet. So they're just yeah. waiting. Like give us four and weeks, I'm, we'll figure out if we can get it in May or not. And I'm here's the thing, Donnie. I, I'm very much believer with you on that one, Camp. I believe last year's direct was delayed because they were figuring out what they're doing with Metroid Prime Four and whether they were going to cu- use that cut because. They, uh, it was shortly 
before or after that they did that that quick video saying, by the way, Metroid Prime Four is not is going to be is starting again. And it was all within about I think a week and a week of each other. So it's one of those things of like maybe they were waiting to make that decision. You know, can we do it? Can we do it? No, we're not going to do it. Go with the direct. Put out your your video later. Yep. Um, just, just to quickly chime in, I have seen rumblings on the internet saying that 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 people are speculating that maybe it's got to do with the pandemic of coronavirus, and it could well be. I mean, we've already seen game delays, right? It we've seen a shortage a... of Ring Fit uh, adventure because of yeah. it. So Did maybe maybe they're just waiting out and, and just make sure that there's going to be supply to demand for these games. I just want to point it out because I'm a fan. They were also supposed to have Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. You know, so like we're all pointing at like Animal Crossing, like it's just Animal Crossing. They were supposed to have Doom Eternal, and until, uh, up until November, they thought they had two AAA releases yeah. right now, and yeah. now they just have one. And maybe we've got hurt Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. We we haven't mentioned that, but Mystery Dungeon as well mm-hmm. comes out tomorrow, right? Or mm-hmm. say, by the yeah. way, speaking of the Animal Crossing Doom, coal, you know, coordination, I have loved. That those two communities have come together and done some amazing mashups. Have they? Because I keep saying that I'm playing Doom and all of my Nintendo fans are like, how dare you? Get off the Nintendo shit. <laughs> oh, really? Like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I saw for being I, a Doom fan. I saw a video. <laughs> like, like the it arc. was in our Discord. It was it was like the Doom guy, the Doom Slayer showing Isabel how to use the shotgun and gets like blown oh, off cool. the ad. There and then, was like, a great you run up later holding it uh, the other day about the Doom guy moving into Animal Crossing and he's like fishing oh, yeah. and picking <laughs> yeah. berries. And then it says, meanwhile, and it switches to like Doom World and Isabel is gunning down like wave after wave of demons. Yeah. And it like has this like zoomed in look on her face and she's like. I mean, don't I, we all just want like Animal Crossing Doom crossover like oh, events sure. like DLC? I would like. I'm hoping that at some point during that some there's some patch where all of a sudden like you can go in and you, like buy a, a, an Animal Crossing outfit and it's the Doom Slayer outfit. Like that's that's exactly what I want to see. That's so. what makes video games fun, right? That's exactly it. Um, speaking of Animal Crossing, yeah. So let's segue? let's talk about uh, let's talk about PAX East. We actually had people in PAX East yep. from our Discord, and uh, you know we've got a sorry i'll let you finish your thought and then segue to me quickly okay so yeah we've had people in pax east <laughs> uh one of them actually was there got to play animal crossing actually three of them got to play animal crossing uh one of them has sent us a voicemail and we're going to play that here in just a second but justin first i when you were thinking when you're saying pax east i wanted to to make sure we stopped in this pocket for a quick second just so we didn't forget about it ladies and gentlemen last week we announced that Jesse was going to be flying to Los Angeles to be at E3, and that he'd be standing outside signing headshots, taking pictures, and eating artisanal sandwiches <laughs> no, for your viewing be pleasure. No, beans out of a can now. And beans mm-hmm. out of a can. Ladies and gentlemen, we can officially confirm, because of your amazing support, Jesse's going to now be in the building. Uh, so Jesse has actually qualified Is anyone for else going to be there? E3 uh, for the Nintendo Dad's crew. Nope, just Jesse. I'm sorry, uh, it was a joke. Yeah, well, that's the other question. <laughs> Jesse may have also just lost 300 bucks. We're not 100 percent sure right now. Um, but he did get his approval for the media pass, so he is definitely going to be there. Uh, and guys, this is thanks to your amazing support. We set it as a Patreon goal that we wanted to send members of our team to these events. Jesse is going to E3 thanks to your amazing, amazing support, love, and appreciation, not only from Patreon, but from watching <laughs> YouTube, from subscribing, from Amazon and Prime subs, all that stuff. Thank you guys so much. If it just gets if it gets canceled, we'll just send him next year. 
Yeah. It, it, I was looking at the chat. Um, Ibisol, do we have medical insurance? Do you have medical we... insurance? Do you cover your employees? Uh, no, I do not. But I do, I do he have can, medical insurance. He can have insurance. it, but he'll be walking, walking to E3 then. <laughs> I do have medical insurance through my full-time job. And then, uh, you know, if we even get an E3 this year, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping... That is a question. But yeah. we've got some Animal Crossing hands-on uh, audio track. Yeah, right? so, uh, yeah, why don't we play that voicemail? Okay, so like, this is actually two voicemails because the voicemail system has a three-minute limit. Okay. So uh, it, I there's a small transition and some cut cuts to make it a little bit smooth. And so the, the whole thing is about five and a half minutes. So it's a kind of a long voicemail that... I haven't even listened to the entire thing, so uh, this will be new to me, too. Mm. Hey, Nintendo Dads, this is Crazy Greek Dre calling in. I uh, heard the most recent episode, and I know you guys wanted input of any of the three people that were at PAX East this weekend. I was one of the three, along with True and Scott the Geek. I unfortunately had a very short-lived experience. I was there for about four hours from like 10.30 to 2.30 on Thursday. But I wanted to at least give input on a lot of stuff that people have been dying to hear about, most notably Animal Crossing. Quick background, uh, I've been f- listening to the show since September 2016. You guys put on a great show. Just became a recent Patreon member the previous month. So really enjoying the community. And everyone one. seems to be very much on the same wavelength in regards to a lot of topics and very polite and informative. So my experience at PAX East, I got there. I've never been to one of these things before. And needless to say, I was completely overwhelmed when I walked into the main expo lobby. I immediately looked everywhere and my eyes immediately focused on the bottom right where the Nintendo booth was where Animal Crossing was the main attraction. I went down there immediately, and there was a huge line. Surprise, surprise. Apparently, that line was only for photos. There was another line that was on the other side that was super long, and I proceeded to say I will go look at the whole floor and then come back to it. I did my tour around to see what exactly the expo had to offer. There was a lot of uh, indie developers for like retro games. I basically grew up in the 80s and there was a game called Haunted. It looked like a beat-em-up zombie game for the NES. I bought a code from the developer there. It looks pretty cool. I know True or Scott the Geek posted photos of that as well. I made my ways around. There was shops where Independent merchants were selling, you know, all retro consoles, games. I thought that was pretty cool. Went around, there was the Yacht Club Games booth where I got to hands-on play Cyber Shadow. Guys, whoever played Ninja Gaiden in the past, definitely a love letter to this game. I would completely recommend it. I know, Marty, you'd be into it. And actually, one of the other guys in Discord, Catcher, he said he would be pretty interested. Highly recommend. Went around. They had a Dead Cells one. I loved that game. They also had the GLC for anyone who is interested. Hey, guys. Calling again. Apparently, Google phone cut me off because the voicemail was too long. 
So I will get to the nuts and bolts of what most people want, which is Animal Crossing. <laughs> I did my rounds of the expo, and then I only had about an hour left, and I said, let me try and go over there and see if I'm lucky. I walked to the photo side and asked the gentleman that was holding a sign, and he basically said there was gameplay line on the other side. I went there. There was literally no one in line, so I was super lucky. Basically waited in line for about 40 minutes. The first 20 minutes, they had a section where there was a guy playing on, on a Jumbotron screen the actual game who played who works for Nintendo with another color guy that basically made fun of him. It was pretty funny. Then we moved along the line, and I was fortunate. My group, we were in front. So we got to play on the big screen, one of three big screens they had there. Gameplay. Game looks really awesome. I've never played any of these before, so I can see and appreciate why people like it. There's, we got to use the crafting workbench to make tools. Basically, every tool has an upgrade where you can max it out and apparently you can significantly terraform the whole landscape of the island. Got to go into the museum, which was super awesome because people had already played for three hours. People had caught a ginormous shark that was on display in the aquarium. Uh, got to use the ladder to go up the hills. Got to catch fish. Uh, the town hall was cool. We basically tried to do a lot of the coast to try and do fishing and see what we could catch. Overall, the experience was 20 minutes. The instructor had five minutes, and then each of the three players got five minutes to play as the leader. And basically, the way you played was... You'd go around, and whenever the people that weren't the leader, they could get items, but only the leader could pick them up. So it was limited, but it was a fun experience. And then I will leave on this note. I'm leaving, and all of a sudden, this person bumps into me. I turn around. It's Tom Nook, and I was pretty startled, to say the least. But <laughs> in the moment, I know I needed to get something for the community, so I asked one of the employees to please take a photo of me and Tom Nook, and that is me who you see on the photo. Overall, the experience was great. I plan on going next year with my brother, and definitely I would try and give as much contact to the dads as well for next year. Keep up the good work on the show, guys, and I guess this is the last of the two long messages I sent. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. Bye. Awesome. That's awesome. That Thank was you lovely so much yeah. for sending that in. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I was having something like, like and the line was too long. I didn't go. That's the end. <laughs> That sounds like uh, the uh, the leader and followers thing actually works out pretty good, you know, with that person being a, only the leader being able to get stuff. That's a great – sounds like a great mode for parents to play it with kids, which I think will be super cool when that comes out. So thanks for those voicemails. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, guys, we are just about 15 days away from – uh, from Animal Crossing being uh, here in our midst uh, and really a week away from people getting that console for the first time. So that'll be interesting to see if anybody in our community picks that up. Uh, if you're out there and you're getting the Animal Crossing console uh, and would like to maybe we already, film yourself. We, are, we already have someone who's volunteered to do that for us. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, let me just shut up then. All right. Yeah, we got it covered, buddy. I love it. Okay. Must have been the week I wasn't here. No, it was a direct. It was a DM for me. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. Uh, let's just move on and let's talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Let's do it. All right, Donnie. You're up first, says our guest. What have you been playing? To be honest with you guys, I'm going to let you down. I haven't been playing a whole lot. Um, I've been playing a lot of you know, backlog stuff, like getting out of the way. Like, you know, I, I feel like collective Nintendo fans, or at least a lot of the ones I follow, at least have been doing similar things. I've been, you know, I've been playing, I've, honestly, I've been playing a, really, a, lot, a lot of my Xbox of late. Um, I got some indies uh, over on Nintendo Switch and pick up some some cheap sales and stuff like that. But mm. to be honest with you, I've been playing um, Devil May Cry three over the last couple of weeks, and then I've been playing Assassin's Creed Rogue, which I finally, like, I bought it like two months ago and I just hadn't got to it yet. And like, that's you know, that's there are periods and times when like you get a lull, like we talked about, like we're in now. It's a great time to go back and replay a game. I, I restarted playing Wind Waker um, about two weeks ago over on my Wii U because I got this light kit that I put on the back of my TV and these LED lights. So now I, I only play Wind Waker at night now. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you can see these gorgeous shots of these bright blue, green, yellow hues across my entire wall as I play Wind Waker. And it makes the game 10,000 times better than it was already amazing. So, uh, yeah, I've just been, I haven't been playing much. I've just been kind of hanging out, playing some old favorites, uh, checking out some little, little indie games and stuff like that. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Gary, what you been playing? Yeah, I put a review up on uh, on our YouTube channel for Sega Ages Sonic Two. Um, it's an old game, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it, right? But it's a really good emulation of of Sonic Two. It's got some decent options in there, some new modes uh, like a time attack. Um, there's even an easy mode for people who struggle with those games. Justin, looking at you, hey. and uh... <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And they've included uh, Knuckles in it as well, which was normally a Sonic and Knuckles uh, plus Sonic 2 in the top of it expansion for back in the day. Uh, really good emulation. Um, it's not as good as the mobile versions. Uh, the mobile version is still the superior version of Sonic 2. Um, but in terms of a home console release, it's probably the best one I've played of it so far. Uh, so really enjoyed that. Um, completed it in a single sitting because I know that game like the back of my hand. Um, but other than that, um, I haven't been playing much, but it's been r- a really great sort of eye opener and experience and, um, seeing my daughter playing Breath of the Wild, which, um, she doesn't do anything except for run around, uh, on the horse, try to get it to swim by forcing it off a cliff and then screaming <laughs> because the piggies are trying to attack her. But, um, She's been really enjoying it, and it's it's just been great seeing her like run around in this open world. Uh, she's been playing it in handheld. Yes, I do trust a five year old with my Switch, and um, just seeing the sort of imagination the kids have and the stories that she's making because she has no idea of the context. I've given her a completed file, fully kitted out armor, DLC completed, so she got the bike, and. The stories that she makes up herself as she's running around Hyrule are fantastic. And I wish that we all had that imagination, right? That that ability to play one game for two years straight and, and make up your own stories as you go along. But uh, she was being attacked by evil trees the other day, so she has to cut down every single one, which uh, is not good for the environment, kids. Mm. Not good for the environment. but Not good for your uh, inventory either. 
No, no, but uh, yeah, it's just like I say, it's just great. It's just great seeing um, seeing my daughter find her own way with games. Like I didn't even put her onto that. She saw me jump into it for a second, and she wanted to play it. And now she repeatedly asks for either that or Roblox every day. Nice, that's awesome. Jesse, what you been playing? Okay, so I've been playing more of the mobile mobile game Dragon Quest of the Stars. Uh, I you know, last week I said I didn't give him any money yet. This time I I did pay for a a, a pack of gems and uh, to open up some chests and got some good some good items from it. But I'm still kind of going through the normal story you know, term used loosely, because it's still relatively repetitive. You know, go to a new location, clear the dungeon, go <laughs> repeat mix. So um, there is a multiplayer component to it that I haven't tried yet. Uh, but, you know, it's it's still... It's, it scratches that Dragon Quest itch. Of course, it... Uh, what also helps is that I'm also continuing Dragon Quest V. I got to the final boss... I haven't beaten it yet. I think I need to buy more items to replenish my MP before I try it again. And then after the, after the final boss, there's like an in-game dungeon that you know, to, that has some extra items in it and lets me finish up some side quests as well. Then uh, it, Gary talked mentioned it earlier, but I've been playing. Uh, I started playing the the Turing test last night. You know, it kind of scratches that portal itch. You know, you go around from... Te- they don't use the term test chamber, but that's effectively what they are. You know, from, from room to room with this AI commentator. But you, know, you act- the, main, your, the character you play actually has a voice, and there's a dialogue back and forth between her and this AI. And get, they get into some pretty deep conversations about you know, what it means to be a human or an AI and why did it, why did someone make these Turing tests? So apparently the AI itself is unable, incapable of solving them. So solving them proves you're human. So there's still kind of back, you know, just, just side conversations as you start each room is, you know, amusing hearing this banter. You can, you know, mm. I haven't gotten to the point where Justin's predicting the AI, the AI turns on me, but, uh, Oh, it's going to kill you for sure. <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm just starting chapter three. That was one room I was stuck in. I think it was uh, sector 19 in chapter two, where they they poorly teach a new component to the game by saying, they give you a little icon in the bottom with an L button, which I didn't even see last night when I quit playing it. I didn't see it until I relaunched it this morning. And that, that was their way of saying, push down the the, the left stick as you're running to sprint, mm. which is an awkward thing to do because you're doing two things at once with the same joystick. So I, I plan on uh, continuing through th- uh, that game. And then the last game I want to talk about just came out today, and I did uh, about a, just shy of two-hour live stream on it called Murder by Numbers. It's uh, kind of Ace Attorney meets Picross. Yeah, the hmm. the you you are an actress on this TV show, 
that they were that was just wrapping up reshoots of the of a specific season and you're getting ready to take a four month break and find it you find out that you're getting fired from the show by the showrunner is your friend and he's reluctantly not giving information about what what's going on and you leave the leave for a bit and come back to find he's dead and of course you're the suspect so you've got to so as you're searching for clues you know you you finding a, you find the clue by solving a picross puzzle and then when you're in dialogue with other npcs you're able to use the solved puzzles like like you're presenting evidence so that's where like the ace attorney aspect kind of comes in the i'm it sounds like there are four cases total. I'm still in the first one. And uh, I think I'm probably past halfway through based on the rankings. Because you get points for every puzzle you solve. And then bonus points for based on your difficulty you have set on. There's an easy mode and a normal mode. I'm set to normal. And then another more bonus points if you do not trigger any help. So, so far, I've gotten all max points. You start off with rank F, and the more points you get, you increase the rank up until eventually S is the highest rank. And when you upgrade, the benefit for upgrading your rank is it unlocks additional puzzles that if you don't, if you end up needing hints or do something that you don't get maximum points, you won't unlock all the puzzles. And so it sounds like every case starts you over at F and gets you, and by the end you should be S if you've done everything right. So that's how, in the, in the the bonus section, I'm able to see case one, case two, case three, case four. That's how I'm guessing that there are four cases. Gotcha. So Ace Attorney and Picross, that sounds right up your alley. Uh, yep. Which I still need to finish the uh, the Ace Attorney Bird one that I started last month. Yeah. Aviary, uh, whatever it was called. Aviary Attorney. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, I need to, I uh, played the first chapter of that, need to play that again, but I've got other games in my backlog I still need to, I want to hit. Lots of uh, legal games uh, out. Um, I've been playing a couple of things. I'm going to spend a ton of time on these. Justin, uh, on your recommendation from last week's show, I picked up Blood Roots. Uh, and I like it, I think, <laughs> um, okay. I've played through the first, a uh, little bit and have really, um, I'm still learning it, still getting in the rhythm of it. So, uh, I do think that it's a pretty good game. I did see today they're going to be releasing a new patch, uh, on consoles next week that are going to, uh, once you clear a room, enemies will no longer respawn, and there will be some other things that uh, gets just like quality life improvements, uh, quality of life improvements there. Uh, I've also been playing uh, a game called Ib and Ob that we have a video up for right now on our YouTube page uh, that I did with my son Isaac. Uh, Ib and Ob is a co-op gravity puzzle game. Or you play these little creatures uh, who have no arms. They just have feet named Ibn Ob. And the only button that you push is the A button that makes you jump. And you've got to go through these gates that like shift gravity and cause you to fly all over the screen. And then later on, the gates uh, end up being 
colored and only certain ones of the characters can go through there. You have to play it with a partner. You can't do it by yourself. Uh, so you can play local or you can play online or you can play like um, you can play local, but both be on different consoles. So uh, or you can all play on the same console. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a really charming game. If you like really like snipper clips, I would think that this is one that you need to, to take a look at, at least watch the video and see if it's something you would like. Um, Cause there's not a lot of action to it other than figuring out the puzzles. And so it kind of ends up being a little relaxing uh, as well. And of course there's some challenges uh, to collect things during the level and everything, but it's, it's a pretty cool game. I would highly recommend it if you're a fan of action puzzle games. Also this week, Nintendo, I played the final fantasy seven remake demo. It's a glowing recommendation. I've watched the, I've watched two um, people play through that in that entire demo and I love uh the graphics on it. They they look gorgeous and here, here's the thing. Uh it's it is eye candy. It's it's such fabulous eye candy. Uh I really hate the fact that all role playing games are moving to this active time battle beat 'em up system. I hate it. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah, to me, me that's me too. Like I even played in the classic mode, which is supposed to be the like it lets you make your own decisions, you know, uh, and Cloud will attack for you and defend for you, but it really doesn't do a good job of telling you what you're supposed to do or giving you any direction on what you're supposed to do. Uh, in fact, there was a time during the boss fight in there where it stops you and it give it gave me this thing about a limit break, you know, that you were able supposed to do. But there was absolutely no way to trigger the limit break. I don't know how I was supposed to do that. I don't know what I was supposed to do. Uh, the demo goes up through the, them destroying the first Mako reactor. And I'm not calling it Mako. Give me a break. It's Mako. Uh, it's always been Mako. In 1997, it was Mako. It's Mako now. Uh, they destroy the first reactor. So you fight the first boss, the Scorpion Sentinel, and then it's over. Um, and I say mad because like I waited 13 years to play Kingdom Hearts three and it was a disappointment. And this just feels like, Hey, let's slap a final fantasy seven coat of paint on Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. That's, that's what I've heard. I asked in the mega dads discord saying, you know, I, I said, I didn't like, Final Fantasy 15, I I got frustrated at the tutorial. I said, how much 15 is in the 7 remake? And the reply was, it seems to be more like Kingdom Hearts. And I yeah. said, that doesn't help for me. Yeah. So the uh, I saw earlier this week, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Chris Kohler, who is a, uh, used to be a member of the Good Job Brain podcast, but also writes for Kotaku and is a huge into retro gaming and has been around the gaming community for a while, uh, tweeted out that he did not like this demo and he immediately got shouted down by the internet. Like people piled on him. Uh, basically the internet. Okay. Boomered him because he didn't like it. And they were like, uh, like one tweet was even like, well, Chris is uh, really into retro games. So he obviously doesn't uh, understand or enjoy the complexities of modern battle systems like this 
with many layers. And I was like, that's really patronizing. Yeah, this is probably the person who is the biggest fan of Final Fantasy V. He literally wrote a book on it. And so he he knows his Final Fantasy. Yeah, those were a lot of comments, too. Like, what's not Final Fantasy V, so he won't enjoy it. I was like, so what does it... Where are we at this point? Like, so we can't not enjoy games. Like, we can... It can't... We can't say it's not for us. Like, here's my thing is... Uh, if you like this, great. Um, this is not the Final Fantasy VII remake I wanted. And no, 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 I, I was think, well. You, uh, you know, you know my pattern. If a game will sell ten million copies, it's likely a game I'm not going to want. Yeah. I actually <laughs> think that Marty, to to go to your point there, I actually think that that's a good thing. I'd rather this happen with remakes because uh, if you like the original, the original's still there, right? And the original has had boosts, and it has had like frame rate, uh, um, like injections and on it and stuff like that. And it's had quality of life upgrades. Okay, it's not a full blown like beautiful texture pack that they've added to it, but the original's still there, right? So um, this is is it's obviously a, an entire new generation of consoles and a new generation of gameplay. And I'm with you. I, I it's very Xenoblade battle system, and I don't like the Xenoblade battle system. For the most part, uh, it gets really tedious as you get on, um, and I think it's fine. I think it's fine not to like it. Yeah. I think I think that that's okay. It's each their After, own. After like I've had time to sit with it, I played it last night before bed. I've sat with it all today, and I think that I've kind of reached the conclusion. Like I might buy it when it it's all out and it's all in one package, mm-hmm. you know, and it's on discount. But like I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna run out and buy it immediately. And and look, let's not like you just said, Jesse. Let's not even um, get into the uh, fact that Square the PlayStation Enix 6. is Square Enix is making us pay about a hundred and eighty dollars to two hundred dollars for a game that's twenty three years old. You say that, but really, this is a brand new game, right? It is a brand new game. It's the same story-ish. Yeah, it'll it's be even there's games. even there's even a plotline alteration in the first in that first demo. Within that demo, something has changed, and um, I think that I think it's it's totally different to Final the original Final Fantasy VII in ways, like the voice acting and the detailing in, in the characters themselves. Like, Cloud's performance alone, from what I've seen in that demo, is is probably one of the best performances yeah, I'm, I've seen. Yeah, I'm not arguing that it's not well done. In fact, I mean, like I said, graphically, it is beyond compare. I mean, it's it's like playing a... a, a and we all know Square Enix is famous for their cutscenes. Mm-hmm. It's like playing a cutscene. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... It, it sound wise, voice acting wise, graphically, control. I mean, even the control is is great. It's just not. I don't know. It's not Final Fantasy Seven. And to my understanding, it's a thirty to fifty hour game with just the Midgar section, right? That's yeah. it, that's insane. That's that's a big game. Thirty to fifty hours, itself. and the the game is supposedly in two parts after that. So and the, I mean, the the thing is with it as well, right? Is as a remake, it's it's past the point of where it was like a pasted picture of a background with just 3D character models on it. So if people were expecting the entire of the first game, uh, t- entirety of Final Fantasy VII to be remade in this style, all contained in one package, 
that is a that's a big ask. That's a really big ask because those places are complicated. It's not like Breath of the Wild where it's a couple of houses here and there and then a lot of green and mountain. You know, like Final Fantasy VII was really built up in places. So I think that I think this is probably the right way to go about it, and I'm one of the only people who think that. But uh, I wish I had a PS4 because I really want to play it now. Yeah. Even uh, though I know I just, won't like the battle system, I still want to play it. So I did tell just, my son about it, who's borrowing my PS4, and I think he said he was going to download it and try it, but I haven't talked to him since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Justin, somehow we managed to totally skip you. I am super sorry about that. So Sure, no, I was just sitting you, over here just napping. Well, I mean, <laughs> right? you know, just uh, why don't really you tell caring. us what you've been playing? Sure, for a Nintendo show, I figured I'd talk about Nintendo stuff, huh? Nah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Just give me a hard time. Uh, I have been playing a game that is not family-friendly at all. Uh, I have been playing After Party uh, that hit the Nintendo Switch today, I believe. Available on the 6th, actually, so maybe tomorrow. Um, This is definitely a mature 17-plus game. Uh, It is a very simple principle. Uh, Two characters, two best friends, Milo and Lola, uh, they're having a bit of fun and then they discover they're dead. Uh, and more specifically, not only are they dead, they are actually in hell. Uh, but good news is that they can, they can get out of hell if they out drink and out party the devil. <laughs> and that's the good premise that. of after party. Um, and so one of the things I think is very, really cool about it is they actually have this thing, um, that basically you control Milo and Lola, uh, independent or, or together as these kind of like narrative beats with an, with an intelligent kind of what they're called intelligent conversation system that basically changes the story and the relationships based on the decisions you make. Um, and it's actually kind of interesting. They'll usually have like a, an a and a Y button. So you, cho- you know, choose one of these two options essentially, but in the game, for example, if you drink, you get a third option, which is kind of like what we get, like being brave or being drunk or being a bit, you know, a bit, a bit bold, uh, so there's kind of a third option that's given to you and then the screen goes all fuzzy and flurry to kind of, um, to kind of look as if you've had a couple of drinks. So, uh, I've got about 45 minutes into it. Here's a couple of things I would say really sharp, uh, writing, really great dialogue, actually. Like it's a really well written, like that's the principle. I, I think when they started, that was a principle they started at with this idea. It's a really well written script. Uh, the voice acting is great. The overall acting is really fantastic. I think it's an interesting principle, interesting idea. Again, it is definitely mature, right? This is not you sitting at home on the couch playing with the kids. This is maybe the kids have gone to bed. Maybe you're with your partner. Maybe you're deciding to have a couple drinks. That's where this game is maybe going to come out and kind of get to work on it together. Um, other thing I would say, just my noticing uh, my noticing of it is it does lag a little, like not lag, but the system yeah, just... That was there on the Xbox version when it released there too. And even like with all its power, like it was, it had some performance issues. Yeah, there was definitely some, definitely some chug in there. Um, not, not, not game breaking, but just kind of, you notice it for sure. Especially the sections where they like swoop you across the screen. Like when you get yep. picked up and lifted from another level, like those are like, you're like, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. You can kind of feel it there, but, uh, definitely, definitely a lot of fun. And, um, so check it out. It is on Nintendo switch again, it's a mature game, but I mean, if you've got a flight somewhere, it's kind of choose your own adventure, walking sim, funny principle, sharp writing, funny, funny lines. Um, that's again. That's after party, which is out on March sixth on the Nintendo Switch. I played about half of it. I was really looking forward to it. Actually, leading up to release, I really love Oxenfree. Yeah, and uh, it's a really great game. And uh, I just kind of fell off with this one about 
but like I said, about halfway through, I was just like, okay, I'm just kind of over it. Um, it didn't like grab me the way Oxenfree did. I think that story and it was a bit more linear. You know, it didn't have like so much exploration and like backtracking and go, you know, everywhere and keep taking the ferry everywhere. So yeah. I, 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 I think I like that more about Oxenfree than than After Party. For sure. Well, gotcha. Glad, glad that you've tried it as well, then, Donnie. That's great. So let's dive into our community spotlight to round out the show, shall we? Let's do it. Well, this is the time of the show that we uh, turn the spotlight back on our fans, our listeners, uh, and most importantly, our guests as they come on the show. And so, Donnie, uh, why don't you tell us, number one, what are you doing, man? What What are you working on? What's going on over at the Nintendo Shack? Uh, and how can people find you and interact with you if they want to hear more? Yeah, you know, the biggest reason why I haven't been playing a whole lot will be kind of unveiled tomorrow. We, we've been working on some things behind the scenes over at PSVG collectively as a team. Um, we announced uh, earlier in the year our patrons kind of supported us to launch what we're calling the PSVG House Party, where we are all piling up into a house that we've rented, hopefully during E3. Uh, so, Jesse, if there's no E3, I'm happy to come shack with us. And uh, like we're we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna live stream we're gonna live we're gonna do all of our production that we do every week you know remotely we're just gonna do it together and we're gonna do it live we're gonna play games live we're gonna podcast live we're gonna live react live we're just gonna do everything live we might cook breakfast live who knows um, but uh, we've never a lot of my team you're sitting in your own reality show kinda <laughs> yeah and a lot of, a lot of our team have never met each other um, like we know each other we've talked to each other for years PSVG has been going on I think it was like our five year anniversary. And, but uh, only a handful of us actually met. And uh, I just thought, man, what a great way. I just always felt like we'd regret it if we never did it. Like just once, you know, at least once let's all get together and have fun and do something like a round of events. So uh, we're doing that. So tomorrow we will announce some new things about the house party. And uh, if you're interested in following us over there, you can follow us at PSVG. We also have a, a special guest appearance podcast will be dropping. We're also dropping one of our new shows. That's our Patreon exclusive. That'll be dropping um, some updates on some new shows and some changes to some old shows. So we're just kind of doing a little refresh tomorrow. Uh, it's been a minute. We haven't really touched our Patreon since we launched it. And uh, so we're just kind of changing up a little bit. So uh, I've been behind the scenes making uh, all those cryptic teasers that you see on Twitter and all little things we're doing just to try to drum up a little interest. And uh, I hope it's worth it because I'm real, real excited. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to outstay my welcome, but uh, I got to podcast with somebody that personally I'm a big fan of, and I'm I'm really excited that that I get to share it with everybody else. So that'll drop tomorrow. Um, but outside of just the overall PSVG thing that's been taking on, um, you can usually find me over at Shack Life on Twitter, and uh, I represent uh, a half or part, or now going forward a third of the Nintendo Shack podcast. Uh, the flagship Nintendo show over at PSVG. Uh, you guys might know if you listen to the show that uh, Caroline has recently uh, stepped away from being a weekly contributor. And uh, since you guys already swooped up the the great Tim, uh, I had to go and find um, <laughs> some new hosts. And uh, we are announcing those tomorrow. Those are announcing tomorrow. But since this is like 1.30 and most people already know, I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, so we're going to have uh, Forrest Minish, Rebecca, 
from Twin Infinite. She's going to come over as a standard weekly host, as long as Garrett Bland, who's been in, uh, in and out a lot of our circles. Uh, you guys know him, Sean Capri and Bobby and all those guys and, and Bad Bit. So they're going to come join me weekly and we're going to have our new little Shaq trio, Shaq 2.0, as I'm kind of deeming it. And, uh, you know, Carol's not going anywhere and neither is Jason. Um, they just can't do it. Now, you guys understand. Like, we've all done this for many, many years. It's a, it's a lot. It's a drain to do it every single week, especially um, it's a two-person show. For like a hundred episodes, it's just me and Caroline, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, for most things. So like, you know, like when it's just two people, like you can't like call out, you know, like you got to be there. So just with all the things that she's wanting to do, um, she was just like, you know, it would be a real big help if I could step back and kind of pick her spots. So, uh, yeah, we went out there and we've had uh, some great guests that have come through. We've had Steven come through and we've had, um, you know, Jason's come come back and done a few episodes kind of carrying me over the gap. Um, I know you guys have had a lot of hosts, uh, that like kind of have come and gone. Uh, I was real adamant that I, I didn't want to just like pick somebody, um, for whatever reason, I think we have a you know, pretty faithful listenership. They really like Shaq and, and like they're there every, you know, every morning when we release and we're always talking about the episode and everything like that. I thought it was adamant to, I thought it was in, in, important to them that I, I really try to find the best fit. So I didn't like hold tryouts per se, but. I wanted them to come talk to me. I wanted it to be live. I wanted to get feedback. I wanted to kind of try it out a little, get a little run with it, see how it mm-hmm. feels before I just said, oh, okay, you're the new the new host. But uh, So we've been doing that over at Nintendo Shack Land for like the last six or seven weeks. It's been going on for a minute, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we're finally through it, and I'm glad we get back to some some consistency. But um, really, really excited about all the updates that we're dropping, and uh, I, I'd love to – I'd be honored to have any of the folks – from Nintendo Dads, give Nintendo Shack a try. Put it in their their rotations. Uh, check us out. Um, big fan of all of you guys. I've had half of you over the show. I've been talking to Tim for a while now. I'd love to have Tim over. Um, he's always been great. We've you know talked, and he's I know he listens to Shack in many many years. He's always on our our Patreon, uh, and uh, he's he's really actually through this transition, kind of some of the things I've done. Uh, he played a, a pivotal role. He's he's in, sent me some some very inspirational messages and some some honesty that that I, that I could take to heart and i always like that kind of feedback so yeah that's that's kind of it in a nutshell that's what we do over there we got uh psvg play some video games uh we've got a show for board game enthusiasts we have a, a kind of like a what we call like our variety show um it kind of covers everything we've got our xbox show we've got a playstation show we uh, had a stadia show we're changing that into a technology show Um, where we're going to like kind of do some different stuff. And then, uh, we've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, I just launched, you guys may have seen the teaser today. We just launched a wrestling show, which I'm, I'm, I'm personally really, really excited about a big fan of the wrestling. So yeah. And when you need a guest, you know what we can do, baby, we can bring over the American dream, Dusty Road. This is where I get He's just going to do his own wrestling show. We're done, folks. We don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just, just said we're going to – I'm just going to come over there to the – is it called the Wrestling Shack? That's what I got to know. It's called PSVG Strong Style. We're going like to the it. official Strong like Style it. term. It's over a, there to Strong Style, hit them with a the plunder. <laughs> it's it's me and Delvin <laughs> Cox. Um, I got to tell you, at least in, in our little echo chamber of the internet, our little slice of the pie, uh, it's probably our number one most requested show two years running. We get it quite a bit. We always kind of, we have a Discord room dedicated to wrestling. Wrestling, we call it. Wrestling. 
And, uh, you know, I, I go to like some house shows and some indie shows and like, I usually post some pictures and stuff like that. Me and Delvin are both, you know, very big fans. Um, but we also have, you know, several community members are also big fans. So you can all, you can typically always find me talking about it somewhat weekly, you know, with a group of guys and shell shock or Jace or somebody like that. And uh, a lot of folks have always said, man, like, we'd really wish you'd love, you'd do one of those shows. So we are, it's Patreon exclusive. So you got to you got to pay for the DLC feed, which is a dollar. It's changing tomorrow. That'll be in the update video. So I'll just tease that for you. Um, but yeah, like it'll it'll be a monthly show where we just kind of get together and we talk about all things WWE, AEW, like whatever it is. We're gonna have um, some best of segments. You know, you got to do like the rankings, your favorites, and all that. We're gonna do uh, a match of the month segment and we kind of recap our favorite storyline or favorite segment of the month. Just kind of relive it and talk about you know what what we loved and uh fantasy book what's coming up next it's it's mania season it's the perfect time to to drop a new pod and i'm real real excited about it so um just lots of changes over there and uh can't wait to get it all out really like cool. i've i've been teasing about it for so long <laughs> people are just like okay donnie we get it stop just, I love just it. post I the love video it. i love it well you guys that are listening go over and check out uh the shack check out all the stuff that they've got brewing uh, tons of cool stuff. We're excited for you and uh, best of luck on your relaunch there with Nintendo Shack 2.0 and all the other cool stuff you've got coming you. up. Uh, let's talk some emails. But before we do that, uh, we want to say uh, a huge, huge uh, winner, winner chicken dinner to one of our patrons, Presto Whitney, who, uh, if you're still listening, uh, congratulations, buddy. You just won $25 in eShop Cash. Uh, we'll be in contact with you. Uh, we do a $25 eShop giveaway every month to one lucky patron. You're just randomly generated. You're picked in there. So presto, it is your month to win $25 in eShop credit. We'll be getting with you very soon about all of that. Hey, Justin. Hey, Marty. You got the dock open, right? I do got the dock open. Why don't you hit us with this first email? All right. First email comes from Mecha Dragon. Hopefully you guys are doing well. My question for you this week is the following, and hopefully I haven't asked it already. I recently picked up one of the Hyperkins. Uh, so I recently picked up one of the Hyperkins recent three-in-one clone console that plays NES, SNES, and Genesis and can connect via HDMI. And despite it being not the best, it does the job well, and it really makes me want to collect retro gaming again. What I want to know, uh, what I want to know, dads, is what is your stands on clone consoles for old retro c- games like the Hyperkin uh, and the Retrobyte bin release, or the Retrobytes and the Retro bins releasing? Do you find them as uh, important conveniences for consumers or feel like they're just a waste of space? Thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to this week's podcast. I apologize. I think I stumbled over some of that. Uh, but basically, what's our thought on these kind of retro consoles? I like uh, them. I think that uh, it's it's sometimes it's hard to 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 have the original gear because of all the converters and stuff you need. So it's just it's just easy, right? It's just convenient. And uh, even though uh, it's 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 illegal, guys, but some of these play ROMs. They take an SD card in and and they play ROMs straight off them. Which is again a convenience for people, right? We we all jump for the NES and Super NES classics because they were a bunch of ROMs shoved on a little box that connected with HDMI. And just because it doesn't look like an NES or a Super NES doesn't mean that they're any different, really, in in the internals. Um, I have heard that some of them have got a bit of input lag and stuff, but I mean, 
you know, that's what you get with emulation anyway. But I, I personally, I like them. Like, I really wish that I owned one. I own a, a, a Raspberry Pi with RetroPie on to play Game Boy games. And uh, it's great. Play it with the Xbox controller, which is weird, but still. <laughs> I had one of these, one of the first NES, you know, reproductions way back when. It, what, you know, it didn't even have HDMI. It just, you, you plug it in with the, you know, the VGA port. And it's okay. I know the quality of them has, has really gone up. I love the fact that a lot of them allow you to play with your old controllers. You know, the, you, you can use the original because the ones they ship with aren't great. Um, but the only, I guess the only comment I thought of when I read this email was those things have a death grip on your cartridges. I don't know if you've ever used yeah. one and put put one in there. It's like you can put in a Mario 3 cartridge in that thing. And I thought, this is never coming out of here. <laughs> it's, it's like it had been glued in. Yeah. And then I plugged the wrong adapter into it, and it started smoking, and <laughs> I didn't have one anymore. Oh, wow! Um, I've never, so. I've never used one, but I'll just say my piece. I'm for all of this stuff. Like I am the open, the floodgates. I have no judgment towards anybody. I love hacking things. I, my my SNES Classic is hacked. My 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 Wii U is hacked. I would never hack my Switch. I would never like. Uh, I would say. And then maybe I'm I'm just like drawing my own line of morality. I would never like counterfeit or, or like take ROMs for like games that are like currently selling. Like I would never hack my Switch and like try to play free Switch games. I, I buy all these games. I've got tons of them. It's just like when they're old and gone and they're hard to keep up with, you know, and like like you said, you can't find the original hardware. It's very expensive. You got to go find the old carts. They're very expensive. It's like, dude, don't do any of that. Just just find yourself a box you can play these things on and, and keep playing the games because I feel like so many times um, we can get lost in the minutia of trying to defend this stuff. Like it's, it's really important when, I mean, there's really no, there, there's no one that like enforcement and these, these companies aren't doing us any favors. It's not like they're, they're re-releasing them all, you know, like, it's not like we can buy them. It'd be 100% totally different if you could just buy all these ROMs whenever you want, but you can't, right? So you kind of have to take it in your own hands. And I think the thing that's most important is that you keep playing the game because, this were these were people's livelihoods. They spent their time on these things, and and I'm not necessarily, you know, a, a strong game preservation proponent. I think the games that deserve to be preserved will be um, because they're important to people, and they'll find a way. But at the same time, I do think it's important that if you really love a game, you should be able to play it. And if the company's not going to sell it to you, I have got no qualms with you finding a way. I'm totally fine with that. You're not taking any money from anybody. Yeah, the That's first true. one of the first one of these I've seen, I think, was also Hyperkin. It was actually back, you know, at E three nine years ago. It uh, I don't think it was like I think the, I don't even remember what they called it. It was uh, basically it was like Super Nintendo in a handheld, so it actually had its own screen and can play completely handheld. It used the actual. Super I remember Nintendo that card. the cartridges. Yeah. So and. So it was kind of bulky because you're you're holding the whole system and a and a Super Nintendo cartridge, yeah. and so the system had to be big enough to put the cartridge. But it looked in. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it worked. The controllers was a little uh, squishy, but of course they can't be perfect controllers because Nintendo has a patent on them. But uh, but and but and this was still able to be plugged into a TV to play. So you know on the, on the TV, so it's like a 
Super Nintendo in your hand. And that was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. I'm like, that's kind of cool. I don't think I want this, but I'm sure there are people that do. And then I one the device that I have picked up and have used, and even recently, is the, also from Hyperkin, is the Retron 5, which has uh, a cartridge slots for uh, Mega Drive or Genesis carts, Super Nintendo, and Super Famicom both fit in the same slot, and NES cartridges, Famicom cartridges, separate slots, and a Game Boy Advance slot, which also s- supports... Game Boy Color, Game Boy, and original Game Boy games. And while it does have an SD card slot, I don't think you can actually load ROMs on it. It's uh, meant for firmware updates only, I believe. And there is some internal storage as well. So the the system is still like an Android-ish based emulation box, but it will rip the ROMs directly off your cart. So not that's the gray line. Yeah, it's still is it still playing a ROM? And even though your the United States law says you're able to rip a copy for archival, but if you're playing the archival, is it really archival? So that's where it's gray. But at least you still need the physical cartridge in the machine in order to play it, even though it isn't actually being played off the cart. But uh, nice. I like it, and you know, before Dragon Quest Eleven <coughs> launched, I played Dragon Quest One, the Game Boy Color version, and I did a you know I streamed it on our channel, and I did it through the Retron because I had the HDMI out, so I can put it into my capture card. Nice, and very it cool, worked really well. See you, Gary. Right, I'm gonna head off, guys. It's good seeing uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Good luck nice at you, Danny. Always. Bye, Gary. Yeah. All right, we miss you. Bye, bye. Work time. Bye, bye. All right, we got another question here. We got a couple more, and then we'll finish off because Donnie's going to fall asleep here, and I don't blame him. Uh, this comes from the Crimson Skid Mark, and it is, "Hey guys, with the auction wow. coming to an end of the Nintendo PlayStation, what do y'all think it'll end at? The seller has already declined the one point two million dollar offer. Do you think it'll get close to that, or will it sell for much less, leaving the seller with a lifetime of remorse?" Did you Love put in an show. offer? Uh no, I did not. I heard so IGN badly put, just wanted to put in like an eight hundred thousand offer just to say I did it once. Right, like you yeah. know you're not going to win. It's just like to live on the I, wild side for six minutes. I also <laughs> put in. I put in an offer. Did you? Yeah, it was declined. It was. I mean, I thought fifty bucks was fair. Sure, <laughs> I think yeah. it is fair. Yeah. I mean, it can't I, really. It doesn't really work. It doesn't. I don't have any games I can play on it. So the seller has declined one point two million. See, I, and that was from. I'm sorry, I, I haven't been following the story super close, but is that offer from like the Oculus Facebook guy, or is that is that a whole know. separate thing? I'd have to find out. I know he's bidding. See, I'm looking at the auction now. It's currently up to two hundred eighty thousand. I'm kind of wondering if the reason why a one point two million <laughs> offer was declined is because they've, you know, they're already in contract through this auction site. Which is, you know, I've never heard of it before. So why would you use this one versus some like an eBay or something that's a little bit more common? But well, aren't, uh, aren't they like so? This is just like the public facing thing. Aren't they having like uh, like an in person like silent bid auction at the same time? I I, I think I'm there's like another 
auction that's happening. Or at least oh, that was my it, understanding. There is something that says live auction. No, I don't know. See, I'm not sure. So I'm wondering if, you know, they're kind of under contract to sell it through this site. So they, huh. you know, if they, you know, he still could have reneged on the offer and paid whatever penalty that he would pay. Sure. And even with $1.2 in the pocket, that might have been worth it. But, you know, so you definitely, if it's the current bid is, you know, most almost a million shy of that. I'm kind of wondering I mean, I if think it's, else is going on. It's it's pretty apparent that us collective gamers, I mean, we love rare collectibles. Like that there's definitely like a market and this is the rare of rare collectibles. You were talking about two This is the holy grail. Yeah. Bitter rivals coming together for a little demonstration product that was well, lost to everyone. They weren't you know, rivals forever. yet. Well, they, but they, they became they, rivals. They, they they birthed, it makes it almost more important. They birthed their um, own rival because of this. But I, I can't imagine giving a million dollars for that box. Like, how do you yeah. feel like after? Like, the next day you wake up, you're like, I got this thing. <laughs> yeah. P- P- Pierce Schneider which, says... Which you can see, maybe plug in. I don't even know if it's like, do a load screen? I, yeah, it's there, just like... Is there, an, uh, is, there an, is there a UI? I mean, this is the early 90s. It's not it's the other thing is it's not like particularly like pretty. You know, it's like a like a well, Frankenstein construction well, piece of a, like a it's a prototype. Yeah. Yeah, like this old dust. So it's like what do you display it? Put in a glass case in your house or something? Like it doesn't Yeah. Oh, I wonder, it doesn't, I wonder, like I'm yeah. looking at it right now, it doesn't scream like uh check out this cool <laughs> thing. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder if the other part is that they're they're picking it up and then giving it to like one of the like video game hall of you know that's probably archive museums to ensure that it's you know tax there. right off. There's ways of making things for sure, right? Like you're not you're not getting all that back, but you're definitely being helpful. So hopefully, I don't know. I'm going to suspect it's going to yeah. end at probably a million. I would think. You know, um, it, yeah. There's only there's only ten hours left. That thing's ending to ending before we wake up in the morning. Well, there you go. Then we're gonna, I guess we're going to find out the news cycle tomorrow. So uh, Crimson Skidmark. We'll I find out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think, next... I think Pierce Snyder said on his show that uh, he was willing to put in like five thousand dollars for it and yeah. to, to put it in their archives, and he yeah. wasn't willing to go more than that. Yeah, that's fair. The IGN, <laughs> the IGN role only goes so far on that one. Uh, this next one is actually a really cool email. Uh, I'm going to give it a read. This comes from Tanya. Good morning, or sorry, good morning, Nintendo Dads. I've been listening to your podcast, and I love it. I'm a Nintendo grandma. I do love Animal Crossing and hope they sort out the save file issue. I I played Animal Crossing New Leaf for over 1,300 hours. I'm a bit disappointed that I took the day off to pick up and play New Horizons on my turquoise Switch Lite, and then they announced the new coral color for an early April release. I assumed I could start my island on uh, uh, island on the turquoise and transfer to the coral one, just like I did with all four of my 3DS systems. So now maybe wow. I just have to wait to start it when I get the new coral one. One of the granddaughters will get the old one. That brings me to another point. I have a granddaughter that has several challenges, including autism. Playing her 2DS has improved her a lot, has improved a lot of her condition, hand-eye control, and her focus. I love the episodes where you discuss these topics. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for sharing that, Tanya. That is, yeah, that is awesome. Um, can we can we bestow the crown of coolest letter we've ever gotten? I think so. Nintendo Grandma. Yep. Yes. Yep. We, absolutely. Yes. Abs- absolutely. And then I, I, love it. I, I was sure to let Zach. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, she, she, yeah, she added extra stuff that she asked me to yep. cut out, and that's what I did yep. here. And I kind of replied to that per- personally. Uh, but uh, I, I let Zach know about those emails, and he said that was awesome. Thanks for letting me know. And yeah. that's just that's just so awesome and so cool. And thank you for sharing uh, how the Nintendo has also impacted and helped your granddaughter as well with autism. Um, and the, obviously gaming sounds like such a huge part of, of your life and the enjoyment that you get out of it. And, and just, that's, that's so cool. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, really awesome. Um, as, as a dad who has a son who struggles with some of that as well, he's on the spectrum. Um, video games are a big part of our life. And so it's really cool to hear stories from other folks. Um, and see how that's impacting them as well. I think we've got uh, one final voicemail, right? Yep. From All right. Warren. Warren. Yep. Hey, Dad. This is Warren G. Uh, so with the uh, Mega Man um, Zero and ZX collections and, and the previous two Mega Man collections that had come out, or, uh, you know, the original series and Mega Man X, I was wondering if you guys think, well, you know, what are the chances of getting, uh, you know, other collections within that Mega Man line, like, uh, I forget what they're called. It's like .exe or, you know, whatever those, like, weird digital computer Mega Man versions are, or the I think it's called Star Force or something. Could be wrong about that. But especially, I would love to get the uh, Legends games and the uh, Misadventures of Tron Bon or uh, whatever that one's called. But, like, a collection of those would be awesome, personally. But what do you guys think of the chances of getting some more uh, Mega Man collections down the line. I mean, they've gone this far, so what do you think? Good throw to the resident Mega Man fan, Mr. Marty Estes. Any early thoughts on this? Uh, I would love to see those. Uh, Warren, what the, the series that you're referring to is Mega Man Battle Network. Yeah. Uh, that did eventually become Mega Man Star Force. Um, and I didn't actually play any of those. I did play a few of the Battle Networks. Uh, brilliant games. I love the spin and series uh, on the series that those took. Uh, I think it all depends on sales. I, I would assume that because we're getting the Mega Man Zero collection, that that means that the Mega Man Legacy collection and Mega Man Eleven have done well enough to warrant further releases, uh, as well as the Mega Man uh, X collection as well. Uh, it, it could be entirely possible, like Donnie said earlier about uh, the Wii U being a Zelda machine that the Switch could eventually become a Mega Man machine, like it could have all of those together. Now, the problem that I see with that is, I I know that there's a big push for Mega Man Legends, but I just don't know that the support is there to get that one made. I think that Battle Network probably has a um, a better chance of getting made as part of like a mobile collection. I would love to see the Game Boy games be part of that as well. Uh, seeing as how they were actually, I mean, they rehashed uh, characters and bosses from the original games, but they were entirely new games uh, on their own. And especially by the time you got up to Mega Man 5 on Game Boy, it was completely off the rails. It was crazy. So I'd love to see those happen. Will we? I don't know. Capcom uh, has a problem with not wanting my money. I want to add that uh, the the Mega Man X, the Mega Man Collection, Mega Man Collection Two, are normally fourteen or fifteen dollars each on eShop or on sale for ten dollars each, and then the Mega Man X Collection and Mega Man X Collection Two 
normally $20 each, also discounted to $10 each. Yeah, so 50% off sale on those right now. If you do not have these games, go buy them if you're a fan of action side-scrollers. Definitely needs to be in your collection. Well, I hope that answered your question, Warren. We're going to wind down episode 270 of Nintendo Dads. Uh, Donnie, again, we want to thank you for coming on and being part of the show with us tonight. Yeah, anytime. I, I love I love you guys to listen. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, anytime. Awesome. Right. Uh, and one more time, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, you can find, uh, find my network at PSVG. Find me personally at Play in Nintendo. Uh, there's no G in there. Ain't no G in Play in Nintendo. And uh, you can follow the show at Shack Life. And uh, we've got satellite feeds for all of our shows. So you can listen to our content if you'd like uh, a bunch of different ways. Uh, in your podcast player, you can type in PSVG and you'll get the PSVG podcast network. And that's a master feed of all of our stuff. So just a one-stop shop to get all of it. Or if you if you prefer, if you'd like to pick and choose, like the Nintendo Shack, we have our own feed. Um, as does our PlayStation show or board with video game show. So you can you can a la carte. You can pick whatever you'd like. Um, we'd love to have you, Shack Life. If you want to add us to your rotation, we'd be said so we'd be honored. Uh, we have a lot of crossover. We've had uh, the Nintendo dads have been on the Shack, and I've been over here, and uh, we share a lot of the same Discord users and uh, Twitter users, and uh, I think that's uh, really it's always been really really nice, really really fun. Uh, we share a lot of the same even podcast family. There's Sean Capri in the chat, you know all that stuff. So it's, it feels like we're always kind of. Um, you know, Potter and family talking about the mm-hmm. same things, Absolutely. bouncing ideas off of each other. And Jesse and I have been talking Persona 5 Strikers. We've been talking about Animal Crossing <laughs> saves. You know, like this type of stuff goes around. So it's it's cool to, to be, in, be in the circle. I love it. Well, guys, as we close out episode 270, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. Thank you guys for backing us at the maximum level. And if you want to become a backer, a patron of the Nintendo Dads for a dollar a month or whatever level, you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads and get signed right up. We also have a website, nintendodads.org. You can head over there for all kinds of feeds, uh, merch uh, page, all of our social media, link to our Patreon, bios of the cast, all kinds of stuff over there at nintendodads.org. You can find us on all the socials. Just type in Nintendo Dads. Boom. There we are. You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail like old Warren G at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929 929- 256-3237. I want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And we would ask that you would please go to your favorite podcast app of choice, be that CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. Leave us a written review and five stars. It helps people find us. It helps other people get uh, in the know on the show that you love so well helps you spread the good news about what's going on here at Nintendo Dance. For me, for Gary, for Jesse, for Justin, and Donnie, this has been episode 270. Bye-bye. Good night, Koopalings. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dance. Piao, 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 piao.